everybody. Welcome to Paulcast of the Galactic you can't even say it, can you? <laughs> What? <laughs> I, I couldn't hold it for even it. a fucking second. I couldn't hold the rock for a second. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, not space anime. <laughs> Explicitly not space anime. Unfortunately not space anime. I don't anime. know. I think the writing was about on par with the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're here to talk about um, a very important film that I just really think slots in really nicely with the rest of our discussion, and that film is Paul Blart Malkoff, <laughs> and it is, um, well, it sure is a movie, and I guess that's all I want to say about that, and then, well, podcast over. Good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. So it should no. be noted that both uh, Ty and GF have not seen this movie. Um, I had not seen this before. I was blind again, but this time GF joined me in, in that So group. I have seen this movie. However, it was at a party, and I was very drunk, so rewatching this, like, I remember the major plot beats, but, like, I didn't remember, I'm going to use this term very loosely, the jokes. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> oh, we'll talk about the jokes. We'll talk Boy. about the jokes. There was a joke or two. Let me tell you. I there think there sure was probably two lot jokes joke. in the entire movie. <laughs> there were a lot of joke adjacent things. <laughs> uh, it, I feel like a lot of the. You know what? No, we're gonna we're gonna let it ride. We're gonna go through this proper. All right. You want to okay. kick us off, Kubo? <laughs> yeah. So the opening uh, scene is the golf tee kind of CG thing of Happy Madison Productions, which oh, if wait, you don't uh, know. Kubo. Do you have your uh, your notes you'd paste in here? I did. There's scroll up. Uh, yeah, okay. I have them. One second. Oh shit! I thought I didn't think you actually made notes. Oh yeah, I did. Totally. Why would I not make notes for this? It was very important. It's very important that we keep everything tight and methodical mm. right up to the end. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Happy Madison Productions at this, and if you don't know who that is, that's Adam Sandler's production company who has made pretty pretty shitty movies. Um, so if you ever see that as a stamp at the beginning of a movie, you know you're not in for a good time. But, um, hey, buddy, I'm the Adam Sandler of Let's Play, and I take offense <laughs> to the fuck you, You're Adam selling yourself Sandler low there, you. buddy. <laughs> I'm the Rob Schneider of Let's Plays. I do a lot of cameos. <laughs> I guess I'd be the David Spade then. Uh, <laughs> the opening shot oh, of the movie man. is like some CG police badges flying by, and there's this hugely uplifting music that, you know, is supposed to be yeah, inspiring. Yeah, very, very triumphant, very chariots of fire type, you know, like, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we get the title card of Paul Blart Mall Cop, which I've said it before. <laughs> Those are probably the four funniest words in the English language in any order. <laughs> God, it's so fucked up that the funniest thing about this movie, by a landslide, is the, guy's is name. the name Paul Blart is just so good, and I'm so mad it's wasted on this property. Well, it, it's like it, it's part of the reason why I think it's such a good fit for watching with Legend of Galactic Heroes because we have Legend Galactic Heroes, which in you know in the actual vernacular of Japanese translated over to English and how we localized it. You have Legend of Galactic Heroes or Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Then you have Paul Blart Mall Cop or Paul Blart Mall Cop. I can't even say, I can't even say the canonical name at, at the correct speed. You either have Paul separate Blart, words. Mall Cop. You either have several words or you have one big ugly word. An ugly word like this movie. 
if, what if Paul Blart was one syllable? Then it'd just be like, Paul Blart. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I tried saying it before, and I just started laughing. It's, it's really it's hard, funny. yeah. Paul it's Blart like if someone Blart. says... If someone is like writing a like a wizard character, but wants to make sure you know it's a lady wizard, and they call it a they call her a wizardress instead of like a sorceress, like a regular person, like wizardress is another one of the funniest words, and I don't know why. But... I haven't heard that one in a long time. Wow. Yeah, there was this kid in middle school who had like started writing a fantasy novel. This kid was like mad on that sort of Shannara shit, and he was writing his own words. And man, if wizard Wizardress wasn't one of them. <laughs> you get laughed well, out of the back D&D to the club. movie. <laughs> yeah, so we're about 30 seconds into this film. Um, the opening <laughs> scene is a bunch of police cadets at the, apparently the New York State Police Training Facility because they put a subtitle for it. And they're all doing their jogging, their obstacle course bullshit. Um, so the, I guess chief police trainer guy is saying like listen you passed the written test you need to pass the physical course to become a new york state police or a new jersey state police i'm sorry too dignified for new york um we see paul blart who is much smaller and much fatter than all the other recruits um he's trying really hard to get through this obstacle course but he's uh, small and fat but he's doing good he's not he's doing, doing too bad yeah, he's got what it's worth like he, he like pulled himself over that wall like it wasn't no thing i was like all right good for you paul blart and yeah yeah i mean like he's trying he's got heart it's showing him you know one of the guys falls yeah. off one of the obstacles and he runs past him and everything and then like inches away from the finish line he just falls face first on his face and falls asleep so we get yeah. a we get a hard cut to him at dinner with a woman and a kid uh, we don't know who they are yet <laughs> He apparently and, has hypoglycemic, uh, which is why he fell asleep. Which, man, that's some extreme hypoglycemia if it's Yeah, it's played to a comedic level several times yeah. in this movie. Like, I assumed it was narcolepsy. Yeah, that's was what I the thought. goof they were going for. Yeah, like, I was just like, oh, he just, yeah, has the most extreme narcolepsy on the planet. He just has hyper-narcolepsy for, where he just <laughs> falls asleep at random times. So when I say he was with people at this dinner table, the woman is much older than him and the kid doesn't really look like him. We find out that this is his mother and his daughter. Um, I don't know about the casting on this because they don't look like him at all, really. <laughs> but, well, the kid, they kind of explain it. Like, yeah. you know, because, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they're eating and, you know, the kid's just like, Hey, sorry about the exam. He's like, it's okay. You know, we all got our crosses to bear, which I thought was just, I I don't know why, but hearing someone refer to hypoglycemia as my cross to bear is just really (laughs) funny to me. Again, it was one of those times where I don't think it, I don't think they meant that to be funny, but it was actually kind of (laughs) good in a fucked up way. Um, but yeah, so they're talking about that, and then, you know, uh, the, his mom is just like, oh, hey, you know, I'll make you whatever food you want to feel better, you know, that's kind of a running gag, and he's like, oh, I don't, I don't need it, and then he leans back and he's like, I need it, <laughs> except not like that, he's just like, yeah, give me the pie, yeah, yeah actually, I do want the pie, his no, mother go get gives the pie him, right like, now. <laughs> it's a blueberry pie, it's some kind of fruit pie, and he starts slathering it with peanut butter. Is Which, that like a thing as, people do? I'm, I don't know. I'm a proponent, personally, of like peanut butter on hamburgers, so I'm already uh, fucked up. And yeah. like, yeah, no, I already got my wax shit. I'm wearing my Purdue shirt right now, so like, 
college man, you do some stuff. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think that's a thing. Peanut butter on a blueberry pie. Yeah, so this is the scene where you learn some of his backstory. Um, his mother, or sorry, not his mother, his wife, he married apparently an illegal immigrant who he had a daughter with, and then the illegal immigrant just used that for immigration status and then like ducked out on the family. So his daughter really resents uh, her mother. This is like a weird thing that comes up several times in terms of immigration status. And I wonder if Adam Sandler didn't have any like say in this part. It this was weird. It it was a little fucked up. And in our current political climate, much like Legend of the Galactic Heroes, <laughs> maybe a little extra spicy when the whole time they're just like, yeah, fuck illegal immigrants. Yeah, fuck them. And I'm just like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't like this one bit. <laughs> Yeah, so his mother is saying, like, you're all depressed, you need a woman in your life, you should get back with your wife, and Bart's like, no, that's not happening, she left, that's never gonna, you know, happen again. And then he, like, immediately pivots that he's pumped to be working on Black Friday. I, he, I, I don't understand. He was, like, he, he was using it as an excuse, was the thing. Like, they were like, oh, you should go, you know, dating and all that stuff. He's like, ah, I can't, I'm married to my work, you know, that kind of thing, and... You know, Black Friday, it's the biggest mall security day of the whole ding-dang year. I gotta, gotta watch the stores. You know, that. who knows what's gonna go down at Foot Locker? <laughs> that place gets buck-wild. <laughs> town of rebellion. <laughs> and yeah, calls his family civilians? <laughs> yeah, was... he brings, like, he militarizes the mall security job way too much. And it's, like, really weird how he does this. Like And, like... The thing I can't emphasize enough is, like, if I ever laugh about this movie, it's not that I'm laughing about the movie. I'm laughing about the ridiculousness of forming a reinterpretation and attempting to make it actually funny. Because, yeah, nothing about the way it goes down is actually funny. Like, it's just uncomfortable how it's this guy who has these, like, illusions of grandeur about his position. And he's convinced, like... Yeah, he's like a general. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's like he's like a real cop that like gets on his high horse, you know, thinking that he's better than everyone because he's a police officer. It's that, but with a mall cop, and like none of the responsibility. I don't know if that's a thing, Kubo. I don't know if people do that sort of thing. Nah. So um, his mother keeps talking about you. Listen, you got to get the online dating. That's what all the cool kids are doing. So they mm-hmm. hop on her PC, which, by the way, still uses a CRT monitor. And I signed them up for 2009. Some... This is a product of its time, folks. Just yeah, no one, no one had LCD monitors. Just though. like, just like how Legend of Galactic Heroes hadn't really conceived of modern day um, interpretations of what future oh. communications like. You have to bear in mind this is a product of its time in that aspect. Mm. I see. Anyway, on the CRT screen. Yeah, so he signs up for this really shitty dating profile site. I forgot what the URL was. It was something really generic and dumb. But um, <laughs> yeah. His mom starts filling out his profile with stupid shit like he's a good hugger and like likes long walks on the beach and all that. And then like she uploads, I guess, hot segway tricks.mp4 to his profile because it's him on a segway <laughs> looking like he's in middle school trying to be cool and do like 360 jumps and shit. It's like a kid on a razor scooter, except much slower. And, and he's worse. on a segway. And he's on a segway. And. <sighs> 
Again, they just he doesn't lean into it enough on this one. Like it's not good physical comedy, which is allegedly the easiest. Like anyone can just fall out of a fucking chair, but Kevin James makes it look hard, which is <laughs> fucked up. Like how do you achieve that? It looks really forced and weird and uncomfortable for everyone. I don't know about the comment about not leaning into it because this scene went on for like a minute and a half of just like well, them they watching into him on it TV that way. They, they leaned into it that way. They didn't lean into it in, like, Kevin James, like, mad tilting this segue or having, like, a little bit at the end where he, like, kind of falls off it and he's like, oof, oof, to cut, cut, or something like that. Like, there's a lot of good choices they could have gone with. And instead it was Kevin James kind of half-heartedly flopping around on a segue, like, well, looking like he's real worried about falling off. There was something I realized later that I think that we may have had an issue with here. I don't know if we if there's a director's cut or not. They could have had more goofs. Oh God! I wonder if there were more goofs. <laughs> the director's cut of Paul Walcott. <laughs> Is there? A dir- you know what? Okay, I'm just gonna ask the listeners. Um, yeah, uh, only within like a week of when this is published, because after that we will have an answer. But yeah, no, like if you find a Paul Bunyan director's <laughs> cut. Hit me up. <laughs> Bring me the deep cuts. <laughs> so uh, it goes to the next day. He is getting ready for work. He goes to work on his Segway. I thought that was just like company property. But no, he's all geared up, riding down the street, looking all tough on a Segway. And then he gets chased by this little yappy dog, which he runs over and does not stop to help. He just keeps yeah. going to work. Also, at first, it looks like he's, like, scared of this dog. Like, he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I was like, ah, the small fat man on a Segway is afraid of the tiny dog. How, what a goof. And then the dog just, yeah, like, runs under the wheels. And he's just like, oh, that's fucked up. And keeps going. (laughs) There is no remorse on his face when he does this. (laughs) The thing that really screws with me is I noticed in the scene, I immediately started looking around. I was like, is there any motherfucker with an eye shot? Like, could someone have seen this? And yeah, there's like four people in the shot who would have seen this and immediately been like, yo, what the fuck, man? And like ran down this dipshit on a Segway who just killed a dog. Like... Yeah. Whack. <laughs> so we're about 10 minutes into this movie now. Um, <laughs> he's at work doing work things. Um, there are, I noted there are some terrible, terrible child actors in this ball pit throwing balls at him. Um, he's riding his Segway around the mall telling people where to go for shoes and shit. And he looks really sad doing all this. Uh, then he happens to spy a hot lady uh, in a slow-mo shot. You know, that, you know. She's doing something very slow motionist, and Kevin James does that face in slow motion. And of course, this is this is the beginning of a recurring thing that sucks, which is the movie. Paul Blart, be what <laughs> the movie? <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but also in particular, uh, Paul Blart being like really awkward around women, like to the point of it going past comedy into like. Oh, uh, what's the name of that one movie? Perfect Blue? <laughs> like, that territory where it's, like, intentionally awkward. Like, they they keep highlighting a creepy man in the crowd, except it's Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> so, as he's spying this lady in slow motion, he, of course, runs his segue into a parked minivan that's in the middle of the mall. Like, some, I don't know, prize minivan or something. Uh, the woman sees this and does not look very impressed. He uh, runs back to the security room, I guess, where all of his coworkers hang out. 
um, to lick his wounds and whatnot. And then he goes and immediately goes to the CCTV and spies on the hot lady. Immediately goes and, like, switches the main monitor, just, like, staring straight at her. And it's just like, and it's again, it's, like, gross. It sucks. Also, I want to note that on the CCTV, some of those CCTVs were at ground level, which means they weren't CCTVs. Come on, guys. You'll work on this. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, here's the other thing that really bothers me about this. It's, like... The same reason you really generally should not hit on a lady at, at at her place of work because then you know she's kind of trapped. It's like a weird woman zoo situation that I'm not you know I'm not okay. I've never with. heard of the term woman and, zoo, but and that's what Kevin James is fucking doing though, and it sucks. Like Paul Blart is making the entire mall his his lady zoo. Yeah, he does with it several times. Spy. It sucks, and he does it like a couple times, and I hate it every time. It like I, I gotta it say, me that, off this character so bad. <laughs> I, I gotta say that I was kind of disappointed because one of his bosses, like one of the useless security folks, I thought it was Steve Gutenberg at first, and I thought, man, <laughs> man, you know, because I was thinking about the police academy thing at the beginning, but it was not Steve Gutenberg. I, some guy I couldn't remember the name of, but I could have swore it was him. There, aside from Kevin James, there's no one in this movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, there was one dude I think I recognize the guy who gives him the cell phone. We'll get to there later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he's gawking over this woman on the CCTV, and his boss walks up and asks him about this paperwork that was on his desk. And Kevin James goes into this like whole spiel about how he thinks that by putting different things in different places, he can ease the mall congestion in certain areas. And while he's giving this like fish mechian sort of response, the other guy's eyes are just glazing over. Um. His boss does not yeah. really care for the job. Neither do his coworkers. They're just there for the paycheck. But like Kevin James, or sorry, Paul Blart is very into it. So the boss brings him a new recruit, and we are introduced to a man named Vec. Um, Vec seems to be just out of high school, late teens, early twenties, something like that. And Vec does not seem like he wants to be there either because they are all mall, mall cops. <laughs> yeah, um, it is not an exciting job no. for them. <laughs> no. So, uh, I guess Blart is going to be mentoring or, like, uh, yeah, I guess mentoring. Like, just, just training, like, yeah. teaching him, yeah, getting him set up for the job. Yeah. And we see Blart do a line of pixie sticks and then get on a Segway. Like, he's riding he, up on a horse he, he in the 1850s. Just so folks are knowing, he, he doesn't snort the pixie sticks. That would have been interesting, but. <laughs> that would have been actually funny. Yeah. No, that would have been good. So they didn't do it. No, he hey, just like. Paul Blart, too. Don't call me. <laughs> he just uh, he just rips open a bag of glucose and just throws it back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, he does this a bunch of times, and it's like I think they're trying to do a goof, but it's just like, yeah, I mean that's a medical condition some people have. <laughs> like they need to have glucose yeah. sometimes. They yeah, just have, they just like, have to shotgun a pixie stick on occasion. Yeah, he has <laughs> like, his like, just, front pockets full of a glass of orange already. juice. That shit's not going to do it. You got to mainline this stuff. <laughs> But, like, what I mean is they clearly intended that to be jokes. Like, they thought that was jokes. And my question is, how do you think that jokes? How do you think that's fun? I think it was more like Chekhov's pixie sticks. Like, they had the show that he needs sugar because several jokes later on kind of rely on that. Exactly, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like how I like how sound like Kubo had to contort his face to call him jokes. There <laughs> are no jokes in this movie. It's just one of those things too. Like it's not extreme enough either to like have it be like you know like dark comedy or anything. Like it, it, you know like 
you know, joking about like death and stuff is a lot more fucked up, but at the same time, it can actually be, you know, funny because it's making light of something so, so severe. And this instead is just like, oh, you know how it is. I got a boo boo. Gotta sit down. I think, (laughs) I think the thing that's funny about the scene is he does the pixie sticks right in front of Vex, who was introduced to him no less than 15 seconds ago. And Vex has no idea why this fat guy is just fucking downing a pixie stick before hopping on a Segway. And he yeah. looks bewildered to this, which I guess is what they were going for, but it didn't really work. Yeah. Anyway. It didn't, <laughs> yeah. It didn't really work. A Paul Blart podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna, this movie's going to hold up a close scrutiny, but we've got an idea or two, folks. So they, they saddle into their segues and start going through, like, the back mall hallways. Um, back there's mall. some stupid sight gags of them. Of that... Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why I just put my fucking head. <laughs> There's a couple oh, of uh, sight gags of um, them getting lost. Like Paul disappears to the right of the screen and shows up on the left of the screen, or whatever. It's that stupid. was I, I like that. It was very subtle, but it was sort yeah. of like, oh, that was an okay goof. So we if, get some. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that that's like a Scooby Doo stock joke, <laughs> which like I can't get down on. <laughs> like I can't get down on something that. Scooby-Doo was beating the dead horse at the end of it. Like, even Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo was like, had like guys, four jokes we... and they used them in every single episode. Yeah, they're like, guys, maybe we gotta ease up on the door joke. Like, consider mm, windows? Like, mm. that's about all they had. <laughs> no, thinking about Scooby-Doo jokes now, I'm surprised Paul Barth did not have any double-take jokes. Well, the good news is they didn't have a Scooby-Doo joke. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> So as they go through these hallways, um, we learn some information about both Vec and Blart. Um, Vec has recently, Vec joined because uh, he dropped out of high school or whatever and he needs a job. Um, Blart is still training to become a state trooper. Um, he said he has taken the exam like nine times or something like that. He's 0 for 9. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like over 8, something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, during this time, he teaches Vec about some basic ball cop shit like how to stop shoplifters in that they can't really um paul is saying that they need to pretend like they have a gun like you put your hand on your hip and pretend like you have a gun and he's like but yeah, we don't have pivot. guns yeah you pivot so that your butt is hitting and then yeah just pretend yeah. you have a gun there and, and yeah. uh it drops the best quote of the movie i think because of how not profound it is it's quote the mind is the only weapon that doesn't require a holster I, I thought about that one for a bit. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, it does require no. a holster. It's called your skull. It keeps it safe. I mean, both like on the literal and figurative level. Checkmate, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah, because if we're getting into metaphorical weapons that don't need a holster, then, like, how about, I don't know, strategy? Uh, planning? Um, preparedness? I think that's, maybe that's <laughs> supposed to fall on the purview of the mind, but... Defense? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they're out in the mall area punching <laughs> hands <laughs> yeah hands don't require holsters hands don't require holsters they're out in the mall area um Vec is asking about lunch break uh paul's like we got a half hour lunch break but i do it in 20 so i can get back in the mental game before i get back on the job i can get a five minute of socializing time and then get five minutes of uh getting in the zone and Vec is visibly hating his life at this point um not looking too happy. We get our first, I guess, joke scene of the movie. Uh, they are sitting in like a like a doorway section of the mall where 
foot traffic doesn't go, and they see a senior citizen on a scooter drive back past quickly, and I'm putting quickly in air quotes, you can't see it. I just want to, like, put on the table, too, that we are, like, 20-plus minutes deep, and Kubo just said the words, here's the first real joke scene in this yeah, comedy film. is it, like, set up or exposition, is this. Yeah. <laughs> so, the senior citizen is going too fast or whatever, so Paul saddles up on his Segway and pulls, like, he has an alarm, like a, a police siren on a Segway and pulls it over. We and got a 22-22, Grandpa speeding hot. Yeah. <laughs> so... So he pulls him over and he like tries to write a ticket to the senior citizen, which we all know is bullshit. And the senior citizen knows it's bullshit, so he just tries to drive off. Paul grabs onto the front of the scooter and, in very bad physical comedy, falls over and gets dragged a bit before getting run over and left by the senior citizen. Like it's again, it's just so not sold at all. Like mm-hmm. it looks like it looks like they didn't even do it. I mean, like in the. If, that's all you have to do just do it just like <laughs> grab it and be dragged a little bit that's all that's all you have to do if and he buster doesn't... keaton was alive today he would have shot himself watching this sheet yeah like it's bad it's real bad like i would take i would take hamming it over the top like more than this any day of the week like it, it's just sad to watch it's like watching it's like watching a depression. It's like watching the concept of depression be dragged behind a uh, little rascal. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so after that scene ends, uh, we see Paul just kind of driving back and forth through the mall past the woman he saw earlier. This woman runs a weave stand kiosk or whatever, and it's really like, bad. Like hair extensions, to yeah, be clear. Yeah, yeah, and it's really bad editing here because like it shows him driving to the left and like the woman looks up and he disappears and he drives to the right the woman looks up and he's going backwards and stuff and like this scene goes on for a minute and it and really it looks, didn't need to be they that like long. they like break the 180 rule a little bit in like some weird ways like it gets really confusing like i, don't I know, also they, like, like i understood what was happening obviously but it was just like the directions they were doing were just strange i also must mention that during the scene i noticed the Segway sound effects are very bad like i don't know if they were putting three tons well i guess they put kevin james on the Segway, but like it sounded like the Segway <laughs> was breaking every time it drove past um i've seen a Segway in the wild but i've never heard them up close what do they sound like just not like, the sounds that they were making in like this movie. like tiny little electric motors just they're Ooh. pretty quiet yeah they're they're fairly quiet vehicles they don't really you know, it's it's not like a gas engine. There's no explosion happening in the middle of a Segway. And oh, that, that was a Segway backfiring again. God, imagine a gas-powered Segway, though. <laughs> the Arkansas chug-a-bug. My Everybody get cool. ready for 200 cc's of pure dipshit. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, one sec. Hold up. Your boy definitely has to look up and see if there's a Segway racing league. <laughs> Hello, no better than everybody. Segway Racing Leagues they get, That they is what like, we call a Segway Segway Do they have Segway Racing League or Club Start one and there will be I'll watch oh. from the stands Make sure you start a forum too 24 hours of Segways Would be intense non-stop action <laughs> Better than a Racing League I want to see like a rollerball but with Segways Oh shit Or Yeah, yeah no yeah, yeah that's right Yeah. yeah. Anyway <laughs> Back in the movie, um, 
like Ty said earlier, he like traps her. Like he annoys her to the point where she's forced to greet him because she cannot leave her kiosk because it, she is. This this is like the embodiment of the concept of why you shouldn't really hit on women at work. It is ladyzoo.mp4. <laughs> like he walks up to her and is going creepy back and forth. And she's clearly like a little weirded out by it already. And then he's like, hey, uh. I'd like a weave. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's like, I think I need more uh, volume and body. And like, it should be noted that just, Paul Blart is kind of crew cut. So, Doesn't yeah. Matter. And he does some, it's just, yeah, it's really awkward and like a really awkward, uncomfortable interaction. And I think they were trying to play it as like a good I, thing. I don't know. I don't know. We learned I, though, her name is Amy. Uh, she runs the weave stand there. Um, they make small talk. It's really bad. She says something to the effect of he should sell the CCTV tape of him crashing into the van to America's Funniest Home Videos. Um, he, is there's that a still dumb a gag thing? of him calling in on is, his radio. Is America's Home Videos still like, a thing? Boss, uh, is there anything to report or anything? And like the boss tells him to fuck off. Yeah, he's just like, what the fuck are you calling me for? Is, a, is Which... America's Home Video still a thing? I, no. I thought it died. I mean, YouTube... <laughs> took over that space yeah, so yeah that's yeah. the whole thing yeah like if you want an amusing clip you go to fucking you know www.ebaumsworld.com <laughs> oh wait that's right this was this was this was 09 so i guess maybe it was in its dying yeah. breath <laughs> it's de- it's death rattle fat kids falling out of trees compilation <laughs> bear falls on trampoline before <laughs> <laughs> See, Bear Falls on Trampoline, that MP4, has more comedic value than everything in this movie. It's true! It's true! Honestly, there is a five five or ten second clip that I, I adore that's just some people just hanging out in their house in the middle of a huge storm. And they look out the window, and a trampoline on its side just fucking rolls past, like being blown down the street. And they're just like, oh my god, trampoline! Trampoline! And it's the it's so much better than this whole movie! <laughs> I have the note here. Uh, it says, I am only 15 minutes into this. <laughs> <laughs> I like, because too, when, uh, when I was watching it in our, in our Discord call, I had uh, put the note of like, I have needed to take two breaks already. It has been 45 minutes. <laughs> like, I, I, I actually need to stop and do something because I can't focus on this. Well, this, this leads to, um, to one plot item that's a little subtle in this. It's kind of an interpretation based off of how you treat these movies, you know, whether you try to dissect them or look for symbolism and things like that. There was a little detail inside this that kind of stuck out to me. And I like to think of it as, uh, well, let me see. There is an anime series. Let me see. What was the name of it? <laughs> the Melancholy of Suzumiya. <laughs> now... I'm not the taking Aaron. this page up. <laughs> no way. I'm not finishing that sentence. No, no, no. Let's see where he goes with this. Yeah, yeah, no, continue, continue. The airing of this series was done originally on the Japanese televisions. It was done out of sequence in total random order. Now, as you go through watching Paul Blart Mall Cop, his wristwatch is visible. And from scene to scene, it changes wildly and chaotically. At first I thought, okay... It's just been 12 hours, but no, it goes, it goes forward. It goes, 
<laughs> it goes backwards. I think that this entire movie happens in sort of a weird flux, or maybe there's like an unreliable narrator, and it is just taking place in random order, and we cannot, as a viewer, you have to decide where things are correct and where they so are not. It's also kind of like kind of like Memento as well. You know. So what you're saying is how there was the fan edit of Memento where they did it. You know, they reversed Memento to put it mm. in like chronological order. By the order. way, fucked it all up. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it completely unwatchable. Uh, you're saying someone could do that to Paul Blart Mall Cop, which we need a for final what it's cut worth, of Paul Blart Mall Cop. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and for what it's worth, unlike Memento, which was you know a pretty fun movie forwards and you know bad backwards, uh, this movie would be really awful forwards and I don't know, or you know, like really awful the way it's initially presented, and you know, it can't get worse. Well, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if you could take the movie and like cut it down to like I don't know, say 30 seconds, and see if you can make it funny just recutting the movie into 30 seconds. <laughs> Um, I mean, oh, okay. I was going to say, if you wanted to cut it into 30 seconds and have it summarize the whole movie, it would just be like, Kevin James is fat, Kevin James got hurt, Kevin James is fat and got hurt. <laughs> and that's the whole movie. That's it. That's Paul Bart Malkoff. That's what we call evolving off a of formula, folks. <laughs> so we need to finish this fucking scene. Um, he, they call him like she makes an offhand reference of him being a security guard and he takes offense to that and is like, well, there's a debate in the industry whether or not we should be called security guard or security officer or whatever. He, he fucking is masturbating at this point. Again, he, it's this weird military, military-like yeah. fetishization of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he brings up Black Friday. Um, he's like, it's going to be the busiest day of the year. And she's like, yeah, it sucks. I have to work here and it's my birthday. So that we get that plot point to bring up. Uh, he eventually buys a hair weave for $10, which can't be a good quality hair weave. Um, not, a, not in a mall kiosk. No. The shop's name is unbelievable, by the way. That's, that's a foul. You can't do that. You go to jail for that joke. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 10 yards <Yeah. laughs> change change possession no. and so as he's putting this weave into this thing he gets the receipt uh and the receipt has a happy face that has says like amy and has a happy face. and of course he reads way too far into this um yeah. because he's kevin james uh this point we get a new character shows up i don't know if we ever get his name i just call him jerk because that's like his entire <laughs> personality in this film that's all he does in this movie he's yeah jerk, he's yeah. like a jerk and a wiener. Yeah. Like, uh, what was that dude in fucking Doug? Like, kind of like Roger? Yeah. Like, Roger. Imagine Ross. if Roger just, like, couldn't even bully. Roger like, Roger was looked just... kind of like an off-brand Dane Cook. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it, like if Dane Cook never worked out. <laughs> like, if Dane <laughs> Cook just never worked out or went outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jerk shows up, uh, immediately calls Paul Blart fat, and then, like, tells Amy to come with him to the restaurant after work, and it's fairly obvious he thinks that he and Amy are a thing, despite her not being into it. Um, yeah, it's... like, and this dude is being totally insufferable throughout this scene. Oh, like, yeah. it's not just throughout like, the whole movie hey. is insufferable. Yeah, he's not just like, hey, Paul, how's it going, fatty? Like, he starts being a real shit. He's just like, yeah, it really sucks how you got depression and failed your security or your fucking police exam again, you fat piece of shit. Like, he, it's he mean. He's smugness the entire time. Yeah. And he comes over to this girl to tell her, by the way, we're all going to Applebee's after work. Yeah. You're invited. So this wonderful scene was interrupted by Paul getting a call from his boss saying that there has been an incident at the Victoria's Secrets. So he, of course, saddles up and rides off to the Victoria's Secrets. For the next scene two of comedy of this movie, there are two women at the Victoria's Secrets, and apparently they both want the same bra that's on sale or something. Uh, yeah. They are arguing, and one woman is a bit heftier than the others, and the one woman calls the other fat. 
And then the woman gets angry and throws a drink. So Paul Blart comes in. At, I guess at least someone ate. Uh, someone else also ate a fat joke. Yeah, <clears throat> in yeah. this movie, now the, at least there's two people, and it's not always. It wasn't Kevin even a joke. It was just her calling him fat, so the scene progressed. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So Paul Blart comes in. And he's like, "Listen, what is the issue here?" They're like, oh, "They both want the bra, whatever." He asks for their IDs, and immediately the like both women's like, "You don't need your IDs. Fuck you. You're a mall cop," which is the appropriate thing to do in that situation. And so he mm. immediately tries escalating this, like pretending he has a gun and trying to feign a citizen's arrest. But yeah. like even the person, like the woman working at Victoria's Secret is like, that's stupid. You can't do that. And so he's like, okay, fuck. So he's like, he goes to the fat woman and he starts talking. There's like, listen, I'm big myself. I, I know how much it hurts to be called fat. And she's like, are you calling me fat? And immediately starts decking him. So Yeah, she just like puts something down and just punches him right in the face, which again, just... Okay, sure. Yeah. So there is a scene of a fight scene where Paul Blart is getting his ass kicked by this fat woman. Um, it's supposed to be funny because they are going through, you know, racks of clothing and all that. It's yeah, and not like really her shirt's good. coming off a little bit and it's like, oh, look, here goes two tubos wrestling in a Victoria's Secret. Like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, during all this, he is calling in a high-pitched voice for Vec to help him, but Vec is standing there saying, I'm not getting fucking involved with this. Which is the correct response to this situation. <laughs> yeah. So that scene ends. We see uh, there's a bit of a time skip. He goes back into like the security area in the mall. Um, he is wrapping up for the it night. It may or may has... not be a time skip. Just saying. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes a good point. As he's wrapping <laughs> up, he sees uh, Amy on the CCTV again and starts spying on her. I thought this was weird because she was wearing a different wig and he immediately recognized her. Yeah, that was weird. She put on, like, a, I guess part of her job is to wear these wigs yeah. or whatever. Um, anyway, he goes over to, like, since he sees her closing up the stand, he drives his Segway over to her kiosk and then tries to give her a lift on a Segway. Now, Segways are one-person vehicles. Yeah. And Paul Blart is yeah. very fat. But somehow they both get onto this, and I'm kind of wondering. I was looking through the scenes of them doing this. If like they had a custom built segue, because he's standing a bit below where she is. Mm-hmm. But they, she eventually relents and gets on, and they have a fun little musical montage of her having fun driving around on the Segway to music. And I have the note here: no one has ever looked this excited to be on a Segway. Like they are having the time of their lives, and they are in a mall in New Jersey on a Segway. The inventor of the Segway was not this hyped to get on the first Segway. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, shit, I'm done. And, like, was, like, really into it, pretty hype. And, yeah, no, they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, imagine that scene in Titanic where <laughs> that lady's on the front of the Titanic and she's pretty stoked about it. Like, that level of stoked. Yeah. So he takes her out to the parking lot and she apparently drives a vintage 61 Mustang in perfect condition. Um, which is kind of weird considering she's on a mall kiosk salary. But um, Paul Blart does some Wikipedia lookups and talks about how it's based on the P-51 Mustang or something. Like, it's supposed to be that Paul Blart is smart and knows random facts, but no one really cares about that. Yeah, like Nothing really like, capitalizes on this. It's just kind of, oh, did you know why they call it a Mustang? Hey, it's not actually named after the horse. It's after the the plane. Hey. Yeah, like it's supposed to show that, like it's supposed to be like character building that he knows random facts, but like they never go anywhere with it. Like if they had yeah. used his random fact knowledge in the end of the movie to like ease a situation or something, it would have been interesting, I guess, maybe. 
but no, he just talks about how it, there was like a there's a puzzle about some buckets with water or something. Yeah, like anything. <laughs> no, it's like that that whole thing where they had to fill up different sized gallons of water at the fountain. Bruce Willis and, and Samuel Jackson were in this movie in the background. That that so brings me to an item for later in this discussion. By the way, <laughs> just remind me. Okay. Okay. So he uh, he eventually gets her number. But he does not put it in his cell phone. He says he left his cell phone in his civilian clothing and remembers her number instead. It's very obvious he just doesn't, doesn't have, have a cell, have a cell phone. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, yeah, I'm going over to that restaurant where Jerk invited me. Do you want to come? So he's like, okay. So we cut to the interior. Of, it's an Applebee's. They call it something else, but it's an Applebee's. Um, he's wearing a terrible jacket. Uh, he sees her at a table across the restaurant and then eats 20 breath mints. This is supposed to be funny. It doesn't land. Uh, he God, goes yeah, over. I, oh wait, right, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? God, <laughs> yeah. He goes main over. Thing to her. I, main thing I remember is he gets really insufferable, gets drunk, passes uh, out. Well, we'll get totally to that. Gross. We'll get to that. And, okay, and for <laughs> anyone who's wondering, by the way, me Ty just finished this movie like four hours ago, and I'm still <laughs> like, there's parts of it that I'm like, fuck, right. <laughs> so he goes over to the table and starts talking about how this restaurant was built as a franchise in the 68 or whatever, whatever jerk shows up and starts trying to kick his ass or not kick his ass, but just like ignores him and starts hitting on Amy. Um, he brings up the fact that Paul got his ass kicked in Victoria's secrets. Uh, it's real obvious here that the jerk dude is just trying to get in Paul's way and get with Amy instead. We learn a few more information, a few more things about the jerk. He is a pen salesman. He works at a pen selling kiosk. And uh, he also bought a Camry, which he thinks is a big deal. Uh, yeah. So Jerk gets to the point where he's so insufferable that Vec, who is at a different table, comes over, tells him to fuck off. Uh, Paul is like, oh, thanks for helping which, me out there. Vec, by the way, since I know we haven't really established names as well as maybe, you know, Legends of the Galactic Heroes, uh, was the trainee. Yeah, the trainee. Uh, security guard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Vec tells Jerk to fuck off. And then Paul's like, oh, thanks for helping me out there. And Vec just like ignores him and walks over to the bar. So we get a hard cut to Paul and this other fat guy named Leon who are looking at a plate of nachos. This plate of nachos should feed <laughs> four people, I'm guessing. And yeah. they are speed eating these nachos. Just like out of the blue, I guess they decided they needed it, to eat these nachos. It, by the way, this isn't intoxicated at all. So, And there's no <clears> segue well, to it. Like It's not like they went from the conversation with Jerk to, hey, we should eat some nachos. There's so many segues in this movie, and they forgot it in this scene. No, but, um, yeah, no, it like it comes out of nowhere, and it doesn't make sense in context, because, like, Paul's not fucked up or anything, and he's there to try and... The it's a hard cut to them eating nachos. Yeah, and, like, the thing, too, is he's there to, like, impress a lady, so it's like, oh, is he just really that goddamn stupid? <laughs> like, yes, he that is. he thought that was a good plan, which I guess, yeah, okay. So him sure. and Leon start going hog on these nachos. Uh, we get an And inter- it's, like, gross levels of going hog on these yeah. nachos. Again, not really funny, more just gross, like a hot, like an amateur hot dog eating competition, <laughs> where it's just kind of, like, the not graceful. hot dogs, that's graceful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, pro-level hot dogs, when they're just, like, windmill slamming those buns straight from the water just to the back of their throat, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Like unhinging like, jaws and freaky shit like that. God, it's awesome, the fucking level of techniques. Man, humanity will just make a competition out of anything. It rules. It's oh, interesting well. when you see, like, the, uh, the folks who are competitive eaters over in, like, Japan and stuff. They're, like, these tiny little ladies, and you'll see that they'll stand up and jump around a bit to shift the food around. They oh, yeah, yeah. Eating. It is really, really interesting and weird. 
Anyway, so, during well, this back nacho, to something that isn't interesting or good, Paul Blart. <laughs> during these nacho eating con, we get an interjected shots of like Vec being disgusted about this and everything. But uh, Paul apparently bites into a pepper and is having a tough time with it. It's really hot, so he like looks around. His water glass is empty. He goes to the table next to him, which has a yellow drink in a pitcher, and he just starts to drinking me, it. And then to he's me, like, it looked like as someone who worked in like a catering industry and has worked in like a couple of restaurants and stuff. To me, it looked like it was like a pitcher of cleaning fluid, where you yeah, like put a couple strange. chemicals into the water and you like dip that into like you know clean tables and shit like that, and then you like dunk it in, wring it out there and stuff. It looked like that, like mild mop water, basically. Yeah, so and he's he, just. He, slamming it he downs the entire pitcher and then he says to someone is like this lemonade tastes weird and it's like that's because it's a margarita but i don't drink and then immediately a hard cuts to him being drunk as fuck um he's not even like good drunk acting he is like he's acting like he thinks a drunk person should act but if you're really bad at it all right so uh as someone who's been drunk a whole bunch of times <laughs> and has done at least two or three drugs in his life, all le- all legal for sure. Well, I knew somebody who did drugs once or twice, and I'll edit this later. Uh, but he looks more like he's on PCP than on alcohol. <laughs> like it's like he's freaking out and like spinning around and being like, like "I'm a bear." So like it's we get like- shots of him. He's like sitting at the bar poking this old guy that we meet later next to him. Uh, he's like crawling through the booths over people who are just seated there i have the note like he starts on like a weird like molly trip too because he's like rubbing the guy's ear and like he looks like he's straight up like hallucinating at parts yeah he's just like oh gotta twist this ear oh boy and i'm like yo that's not what that's not what like alcohol no it doesn't (laughs) no so he goes over to amy um he is very drunk and he's just a huge piece of shit to her because he's drunk uh, I make the note here, he would have been kicked out by now, because he yes. is just being a huge nuisance. The restaurant has had a guy singing, <clears throat> like, uh, performing, and there's, like, a dance floor, I guess, in this Applebee's, and people are dancing, so he tries to get onto the floor and starts dancing really terribly. Applebee's like in New Jersey are really impressive, I guess. <laughs> mine, mine just got closed down, so, you know. <laughs> that was a special event at our Applebee's back in College Station, let me tell you. When I was in college, we went to a TGI Friday because they had $5 wings, and uh, it burnt down to the ground. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back in the movie, he the guy that he's singing is, like, getting disturbed by Paul Blart being a fat fuck. He runs on the stage, like, tries to push the singer, and then falls out a fake window into the mall. And that's, yeah. that's how the scene ends. With demonstration. Yeah, it, yeah, and again, like, I can't... <sighs> It's a really, like, boring demonstration. <laughs> no, it, it was, okay, this window, by the way, is at ground level. It's about at waist level. And he falls backwards through it. It's not like he jumps out of it or falls through it. He just, like, trips into it. Again, like, just doesn't It's unlike really the lower 20% of demonstrations. Yeah, like, as somebody who has, for <laughs> his line of work, because he works in a very unique business, has t-posed on camera and fallen over while maintaining a perfect t-pose like that's 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 effort that takes some thinking (laughs) and paul blart 
has none of that. If Paul Blart had fucking T-posed through a big window, oh, bitch, I <laughs> we, would recommend this movie to can everybody. Can we give this a, like, a LucasArts, like Industrial Light and Magic, and have them just make the insane movie, but it's Paul Blart CG model T-posed in every scene? <laughs> <laughs> Every like all the movies, the rest of it's the same, but he's like digitally edited out to just be that. It's It'd just tall, tar- tall top. That's all it is. It's just all T's all the time. Tall top, Paul. I can't even say it. It's a tongue twister. Made by, made, made by Lucas, Lucas Blart Studios. <laughs> so we hard cut. He is at the dinner table Blart, again Blart Blart with cut. his daughter and mother. Um, it is Thanksgiving dinner, hence the big turkey on the table. They are very sad it didn't work out with Amy because he obviously blew it being a drunk fuck. Uh, he calls it a night. He wants to go into his room. He's very depressed about everything. In his room, he puts on some music on a cassette tape because I guess CDs weren't around in 2009. It has some sad music with a uh, going on. He logs on to the computer and goes to the dating site. Um, in big block letters, it says, No matches found, which is really bad UI design. Um he looks at the weave receipt he has like he's getting really sad and is like crying because he's looking at the receipt and like it has Amy's name on it and this is some of the worst crying I've ever seen in a movie like oh my god it's so bad yeah like I've seen child actors cry better I mean I guess it's probably easy to get a child actor to cry just kick him or something but wow okay yeah all right well don't i'm not okay cool's never watching my kids (laughs) no yeah the uh i don't even know it's like the thing is it looks like maybe he used some of the uh god i can't even remember what they used but there's like certain kinds of resins and stuff you can just like put under your eyes and stuff for acting that'll make your eyes yeah it looks like he did that but then forgot to do the rest of it to a certain extent. Like he's like kind of contorting his face into a sad shape, but not really. <laughs> it's he, bad. Yeah, it's terrible. So his daughter shows up in the room and says some nice things to him. It's like there are other fish in the sea, whatever. He tries to comfort him. Uh, he bends over the like puts something away under the PC, and his daughter. It cuts through the daughter's view of like him see her seeing his butt crack, and there is a tattoo. Of the Loch Ness monster, like right above his ass, um, yeah. and his daughter is of course shocked and disgusted by this. And is like, when have you ever had a tattoo? And uh, he mentioned that he got it last night, and he doesn't drink, which is buck wild and also not a thing that would yeah. happen. But and, and then it goes um, back again to the shot wait, of wait. his ass. I, I need to I need to say something here because one of my goals for this movie was to try and like see if I, how much of it I could salvage. Like, how much of this can we turn into good jokes? This one I thought would have been good if they had in the director's cut of Paul Blarmalka a scene where they're like it, it, him and some drunk friends are like going out and being like, fuck yeah, man, let's go get tattoos. Hell yeah. And they're like explaining it. He's like, no, man. check Okay. So you get the Loch Ness Monster like right above, right above there. Right. And then, like, when you're wearing jeans, it looks like the ocean. And, like, the Loch Ness Monster is, like, peeping out, man. Like, it's going to be sick. Yeah. Like, that would actually have maybe been funny. So, there's there's one I'm just wondering, like, if I was in a situation where I was getting intimate with a woman and I noticed she had a tramp stamp of the Loch Ness Monster, I don't know if I could continue on. I would just more, I don't know. I mean, it'd kind of be an in- interesting mystery, I feel. <laughs> it might be like, Ooh, I, feel I wonder I where this hard. is going to go. 
I would just, well, I mean, yeah, that would be a hard, I mean, that's always hard for me. I would fucking laugh at anything. I'm a dumbass. So, like, it would, it would be rough for me. But, yeah, no, I mean, like, who knows where that's going to lead, you know? <laughs> Maybe you're going to learn some real cool stuff <laughs> about cryptids. <laughs> so, um, after the lingering shot of his ass with the tattoo, we hard cut to the mall on Black Friday. There were a bunch of people doing Black Friday things, being terrible consumerists. Um it shows him segueing around the uh, weave unbelievable stand. Amy is very not into whatever he is doing, but he comes up and tries to apologize in his roundabout way. Um, he says a lot of people write him off. He's asking for a second chance. Um, she's not really buying it, but uh, she's like, listen, I'm busy. It's Black Friday. Text me later. And this is where we learn that Paul does not have a cell phone. Um, he goes to a different kiosk, which is had ran by the old dude at the bar that we saw earlier. Um, his name is VJ, I think it was. Um, this but, is this is the dude who I'm convinced I recognized, and I remember him being good in something else. Huh. So either he looks like a motherfucker who was good in another movie one time, or he was good in a movie. You know what? Keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna try gonna look and him look up. this up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Paul is looking at all these phones because he needs a phone in order to impress Amy, I guess, and take calls, but he can't afford any of them because he's a mall cop. So VJ is like, listen, my daughter is grounded because she's been with this boyfriend or something that's bad influence. I'll give her yourself. I'll give him, give you her cell phone. Uh, just don't go over on minutes or whatever. So he gets this fucking clamshell cell phone. That's all bedazzled with jewels and shit. It looks all girly. Of course. Um, we cut to outside. So this is where the B, this is where the second act of the movie starts up. Uh, outside, one of the other security guys is, like, sitting around on a loading dock, and these, like, shifty-looking mover dudes come up with this big box. The other security guard's like, listen, you can't bring this shit in here. And then the shifty guys kind of knock him off the chair he's sitting and, like, scare him off because this guy is not doing his job as a security officer. We cut back into the mall. Uh, we go notice that the Leon dude who was eating the nachos with Paul the other night, he works at a hot sauce booth. And gives Paul some hot sauce. Like, is it a sorry you didn't get the girl gift? I, I don't know. It's I, I looked it up, by the way. It is Eric Avari, which, sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name. Um, he did some shit in The Mummy in Stargate. Uh, looked like there was maybe some Law and Order in there. Some NCIS. Uh, a little bit of JAG. Uh, was in the Master of Disguise, which whew, that's turtle, another Happy Sandler's production. Don't swing up too high. Uh, oh yeah, I think he was the Butler in Mister Deeds. Maybe. So, oh, so he has a history with Adam Sandler. Right? Yeah, X Files and oh, Planet of the Apes. Apparently, another the remake, not the good one. <laughs> <laughs> the West Wing, the Tom Show. I mean, the thing is, I remember him being. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of like a Nick Cage situation for me with some of his movies where I was just like, you know, this movie pretty much sucks, but this guy was pretty enjoyable in this shitty movie. So that means he he's was a pretty fine. fucking good There's actor. nothing particularly bad or good about exactly. what he did. He it, just did his role, you know? Yeah, it's kind of the Nick Cage thing where I'll watch a really terrible movie, but I'll still really enjoy watching Nick Cage do his stuff. And it's like, yeah, he's being a little ridiculous, but, you know, it, it, he's still the best part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after Paul gets his hot sauce from Leon, um, we cut back to the shifty guys. There's like a dozen of them. They're all dressed up like in movers uniforms, but they have like headsets on. 
And like they're doing, it looks like heist stuff. They're talking on radios, opening security doors, moving equipment inside and stuff like that. We uh, cut over to a scene of Amy who is at the bank trying to cash her check. Uh, jerk pen guy shows up and gives her a pen. He's an asshole. Vec shows up and tells him to fuck off because that's what Vec does. Also, jerk guy pen was another attempt at a joke uh, because he was like being really over the top about it and being like, yo, this is the top of the line. Blaze Breaker 2 Turbo. This is the good stuff. I'll give it to you for free on the house, baby. And it was like, again, supposed to be a joke, but it was just like, man, I, this guy sucks. <laughs> That's all it was. It's just this guy sucks. So uh, Paul is segueing around the ball. He stops by the arcade. The arcade guy is like, listen, Paul, I need to go run to the bank before it closes. Can you close up the shop when these kids leave? Paul's like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, shifty guys are still being shifty around the mall. So Paul closes the arcade. Um, the kids run out. And then he gets distracted by this like track and field hurdle treadmill arcade game. It looks like someone duct taped a... Like a treadmill a, to the front of an a regular ass yeah. exercise treadmill. By the way, this would be the most banned arcade game oh, of yeah. all time. Yeah, kids would get fucking uh, destroyed on this thing. Yeah, like a treadmill going high speed in the middle of an arcade. No, no, <laughs> no. Like that's asking for trouble. Like the the worst ones right now are those like those punching machines. Like the punch this as hard as you can because yeah. a lot of people will, when they're hands. drunk will like swing through it and fuck up their hands. Yeah. Uh, this is like that, except everyone would get yeah, hurt. Yeah, this is a lawsuit. <laughs> like, a kid would get hurt in, like, three days. Yeah. So, anyway, the arcade machine is taunting Paul. So, Paul, of course, tries it out, but he loses since he is short and fat. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets distracted by a Guitar Hero game. Um, so, he goes over to the Guitar Hero game, and it has, like, karaoke and everything. He puts on the music and whatever and starts playing, and he's all singing really loudly. I forgot what song they played here. It was, like, some song they actually had to pay money for. By the way, it was Rock Band, and the only reason I really want to point out that it was Rock Band is because I have some friends who have worked yeah. for Harmonics, so, and I want to make sure I can tell them later, hey, I saw your work in Paul Parmel. Because <laughs> 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 I'm a shitty friend. All right, well, going, moving along. <laughs> so as Paul is distracted by this Rock Band game, um, the shifty dudes start their plan. Um, they break into the PA system, tell everybody the mall's closing early. Uh, then they start breaking out boxes and get guns and stuff and tell everybody to get out of the mall. For whatever reason, like, I guess these people saw the movie Hackers before this, so they started, like, getting on BMX bikes and skateboards to get around the mall faster. Uh, <sighs> yeah, this is the weirdest. This is an, uh, not the weirdest. It's not, this the, is another it's not really by weird far part. the weirdest part of this plan. But No, no. But <laughs> the, the thing is, it, it's weird because you learn really quickly, like, they got, like, taken over by a parkour team and a BMX team. Like, it's oh, weird. Yeah. These guys are so good at parkour. I'm like, y'all don't need to rob a mall. Just, <laughs> you know, fucking, fucking do some videos. Of, <laughs> yeah, just do some YouTube videos or fucking get an Instagram and do a backflip and sell me some tees that make me less fat or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, do that shit. <laughs> so the shifty guys start skating around the mall. They go to the security booth where they beat up all of Paul's coworkers. Um, the sh- one of the shifty guys, I forgot to mention earlier, there was a Chekhov's ramp at the bottom of a staircase earlier, and the guy on the BMX hits the ramp and does a sweet fucking jump over the ball pit, which is there. Um, they all rush into the bank. They start the heist. Um, they want some money or something. We get intermittent cuts of Paul still rocking out on the Guitar Hero music to the music that's playing during the scene. Um, which, God, this is another thing that bugs me about this movie. I'll be quick on this one. 
the OST for this movie actually has some really choice shit, and it kind of pisses me off that they got such good music for some of it. Like, they have, like, Frankenstein by fucking Edgar Wintergroup or whatever, and I'm like, man, this movie doesn't deserve that. <laughs> um, one of the security guys is outside now. He calls SWAT, uh, calls the police in any case. Um, back at the bank, uh, everybody's like, oh, no, these robbers. And then, like, Vec kind of stands up. And it turns out that he's actually a robber, too. Um, he was, like, their inside guy during the whole heist. Uh, this surprises Amy, who thought Vec was a nice guy. Um, and it turns out that Vec is actually the leader of the whole group. Which, I love the way they present this, because it's not organic at all. Like, he literally turns to her, and she's like, Oh, no, you betrayed me. And he's like, Hey, you want to know the the biggest twist? I'm the leader. Oh, yeah, oh, it was smart. really poorly done. <laughs> so bad. Okay. It'd be like a child with, like, chocolate all over their face being like, I ate the candy bar. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. Like, obviously. <laughs> so outside the mall, uh, cops are starting to show up. Um, one of the cops says the other, like, we should go in the back through the loading dock, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's at this point that Paul is done in the arcade, done singing his rock band song. Uh, he gets a call on his cell phone, which is not his cell phone, but instead his friend's daughter's cell phone. It turns out to be this boyfriend uh, he was talking about, the bad influence. I forgot the boyfriend's name, but this boyfriend is a very movie stereotypical Indian guy. Um, it's kind of insulting. The boyfriend thinks that Paul is fucking her, uh, like he's having an affair, but like Paul's trying to be very nice about this. Listen, it was, you know, his father, her father gave it to me, whatever. The boyfriend is also very sad about the breakup. He's having a tough time with it. So Paul sits down and comforts him. And I guess they get a bond or whatever going on. And it's already super creepy because there's like pictures of this girl, like too oh, yeah. many, like shrine levels of it. Yeah, it's interspersed not... with cuts of the boyfriend's uh, room, I guess. And like there's, yeah, shit all over it. Yeah, it's shrines. And then also he says a lot of, you know, kind of kind of weird shit you don't say to a random person i like, believe he oh, said she she's had got the cutest feet. feet yeah yeah he's like oh she's got the sexiest cutest feet or some shit like that i mean and not like, the kink shame of guy but this is not something you would tell someone over the phone you've never met to a rando yeah. also who has your ex-girlfriend's phone right now <laughs> like who who you're trying to get back with maybe that's not the person to say like what if that was actually her dad you know what like, if that was actually you know, like a cop not yeah, a, what cop, if a was, real cop <laughs> I mean, if it was a real cop, then it'd just be funny. Like, I don't know. I think fucking with cops is hilarious. But <laughs> So, anyway, the entire situation is, deten like, the tension is resolved because the boyfriend knows that Paul is not with his girlfriend because he has somehow tracked the phone with the GPS. I don't know how that works, but he knows that he is at the mall. Yeah, like, it's. I think the insinuation is, like, I planted a chip in her phone or something like yeah. that. So. so, Paul hangs up walks outside the arcade and realizes that there's no one at the mall. Um, back at the bank, Vec and all of the bank robbers are fucking with the store's credit card systems. Uh, we see a brief scene of a woman writing something on her arm and then using a blacklight to see a number. And this will come up later in some stupid bullshit roundabout way. Um, Vec tells all of his co-worker hijack people to get on with it so they all leave the bank and then start running around and this is where we notice that everybody knows fucking parkour in this movie like they just hired a bunch of parkour people to jump over mall things yeah they didn't get actors they got people who could do hot flips yeah so outside the police are about to storm into the loading dock area 
the heister people left some they're in the like security area so they see this happening on cctv and they had left it like bombs outside the door so they set them off and scare away the cops there's an intermittent cut of paul just for whatever reason eyeing donuts well no it's he he's like looking at the donuts and what he's saying is he's like Oh, that's weird. Usually the uh, the guy who, like, or oh. one of the employees there takes those and donates them to the mission. Like, he was just saying, like, it's weird that those are still here, because usually if the mall closes, those are donated to a local I just place. saw that as a Paul is fat joke, so I didn't really pay attention to it. I know. It was, we- I was expecting it. That's why I was so confused. I was, like, expecting just a whole donuts, and then it was like, hmm, actually, I'm doing some deductive reasoning, and I'm like, that's bizarre, and also not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think we killed GF. I'm here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just lo- I'm looking over my notes. <laughs> so uh, Vec has like I don't know a dozen or so hostages in the bank with him. He goes to each of them. He's like, "Listen, I'm going to need your cell phones. Hand them all over." So they start giving them cell phones, but Amy keeps hers and hides it underneath her butt. Uh, Vec, Vec like goes over to her and does the third male protagonist creepy thing in this movie and ask her if she wants to be in on the heist. Like, so not only do we have Paul and jerk macking on Amy, we now have Vec who is in a literal hostage situation trying to get her to be a heist person. I don't know where he was going with this. It was just like, hey, you're beautiful. Want to come with me to the Cancuns? <laughs> it's just like, great. Yeah, no, cool. All right. Uh, we also learned that uh, the jerk is a complete pussy under pressure because Vec, you know, taunts him and he just immediately gives up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We're halfway done with this movie. The police <laughs> call into the bank to talk to Vec, uh, to ask for his demands and stuff. Uh, he is on the phone, but he has a drill and he's just kind of like rubbing it against a cabinet. So the police think that he's drilling into the bank safe, which I guess is whatever is i don't know why he's doing that i guess to fake him out or something so yeah, like they check on out. that first instead of something but what else he's doing, i don't yeah. know it makes kind of sense but not really um, it's like it's clever but there's no reason for it so is the it, thing. it's clever so, but there's no payoff for it oh no so, here comes the g-op theory yes, i've yes, been yes. waiting on this to come out so it's a shame that we're never going to get another Paul Blart, at least not for another few years, maybe, because what it is is essentially a reimagining of the entire plot of Die Hard. Let me unravel this. So, first things first, the mall is Nakatomi Plaza, okay? Now, also, we have a guy who was masquerading as a normal good guy. That happened with Alan Rickman playing as that Mr. Clay person, although it happened in the middle of the movie. We see him in this movie. It's actually the mall security guy just working for an inn. We also have other things going on, like the whole thing of, um, for example, we have a scene where he gets caught inside of a ventilation system. Now, we don't have him running around without shoes on like John McClane, but I'd like to think that from the, from, the, from the aspect of him getting worn down over the course of the movie, I think that his hypoglycemia can be seen as a replacement for the hard. missing shoes that or, John McClane has, okay? Or, or as he loses also, his segue. Also, Ty, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> so, we have the entire thing where there is this very... Um, formulaic thing of the police are there and then the 
SWAT are there, then the FBI are there, and they don't like each other and things like that. They're outside. You know, it's the exact oh, same yeah. sort of layout on that front. Also, yeah. Yeah. there's also the whole thing of him just, you know, being a single person. Well, so what you're saying terrorists. is Kevin but James is a hack writer? Pretty much. But there, there are just a few other little things all the way through there that I swear to God, it is like lifting out the plot of Die Hard. Like there's the whole, there's this whole getting into the vault thing, as opposed to the detonators from Die Hard. <laughs> They're codes in this. You thought this was a goof, but I am genuine. This is the plot of Die Hard. Which is why I'm glad we discussed the whole thing of weighing out jugs of water, because that's Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is actually pretty good. That's the second best Die Hard, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, you're right. In which case, like, it's another problem of why would you make a new movie and de-escalate it? I guess it's because they're trying to do a comedy. (laughs) Because it's supposed to be a comedy, Also, yeah, I, I yeah. gotta make sure that we clarify something. Uh, you said that there won't be a Paul Cop, Paul Blart Cop Mall two, but there <laughs> is one. It came out five years ago. Oh fuck! Did you not yeah, know that there, there was a second is, movie? Yeah, there's already one big dog. They they delayed it by a bunch of years too. It wasn't like a. It was like a pretty big gap. It was like five years yeah. between them oh, or something. Man, <laughs> I didn't think that happened, man. <laughs> Is, is, yeah, it, is it like Die Hard 2 where you should probably just skip it or what? <laughs> should we skip Paul Bartmall Cop 2? Huh. Well, I mean, maybe. The, ori- I the original is the definition of a Christmas movie, I am told. God. Wait, also, yeah, wait, there's another connection. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. This is technically a Thanksgiving yeah. movie. Mm. Yeah. As we all know, Black Friday is the Christmas of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Paul is driving around on his Segway. He sees some of these heister robber people. He does not know that they are robbers and tells him, listen, the mall is closed. You can go to an exit. Then he immediately sees their gun. And I want to bring up this, the first point where he sees that they have a gun. And I want to clarify that the robbers have fucking guns. Yeah, they have guns. Because the movie forgets this. So, he books it on his Segway and they chase him on their skateboards, BMXs, and parkours, feet, I guess, whatever. Paul, <laughs> their parkour feet got to equip our special I mean, parkour be, I, I, I gotta say, it'd be one thing if they were running, but they are most distinctly parkouring to catch. Yeah, them, so. it's, again, to clarify, it's like there's a perfectly good ground to oh, run yeah. on at some points, and they're just like jumping from top of kiosk to kiosk like it's fucking Assassin's Creed, and they're in a <laughs> hurry. Like it's ridiculous. So after a quick chase scene, uh, Paul eventually evades them, and then he is like in one of some hallway by himself. And he is having a crisis. He knows he really can't do anything to these people. That there are a lot of them. They have guns, whatever. So uh, he remembers the slogan that was in his fucking security area and calls 911. The heisters have now reported to Vec that Paul is out there. And Vec tells him to stick to the plan or whatever. He's not too concerned right now. Outside, the officers take Paul's call. Uh, They say, listen, you are over your head. You need to get out. Paul says, sure thing. I'm on my way. Uh, he then leaves through one of the exits of the mall and sets off the motion detectors that the... Which they claimed were explosives earlier in the movie. Like, they were like, yeah, we rigged every door to explode with motion detectors. If you fucking go out one, you're going to blow up. And then Paul just, they're not that. Yeah. They're just they're just alarms. So yeah. he leaves the mall exit and just... He's on a Segway, by the way. He leaves the mall exit on a Segway. Goes out to the parking lot, sees all the cop cars, and all the cops are like, come on, man, get over here. But then he freezes when he sees Amy's very distinct 69 Mustang. And, uh, nice. Yeah. And he has, was like, that, this kind that, of crisis. Is that good, nice or no? I, I guess it is a nice car. Nice. 
But uh, he has this crisis, like, he doesn't want to leave her behind because he feels that he still has to man up and prove something to her. So despite the fact that the cops are yelling at him, he goes back into the mall. And he calls up his boss and tells the boss, like, I had an oath to protect this mall. And I think this is probably the only joke in the movie. Because, like, he says... This is very much a clear joke, and I have some ways to improve it. And yeah, continue. Yeah, but he says, he tells, like, listen, I swore an oath to protect this mall. And the boss is like, there is no such oath. And that was it. That was the joke. And like, well, and then he's like, well, that was the thing, too. Then after that, Kevin James, like, said under his breath, he's like, okay, kind of made my own. Like, that was the final part of that joke, yeah. which is why the joke didn't work at all. Yeah, because, when you like, clarify it instead of letting it just hang there, like, they weren't confident enough in it. Like, it, it, that joke had potential. It either needed to be, like, I took an oath, uh, there is no oath, and he just hangs up and drives away anyway, or the other way, which I think would have been better in character, is just like, I took an oath, there is no oath, I made my own, and just, like, be proud of it and ride off. Like, yeah. I think that would have been funnier and better for the character of Paul Blart, especially when he's having a moment of resolve and, you know, stealing himself to go back in. Like, it would have worked. It could have been funny. But instead... They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been funny, but they didn't. The Paul, <laughs> Paul Blart story. <laughs> yeah. So the boss is like, listen, if you're going to go in there, do some recon. And he's like, you present the big untrained target, so don't do anything stupid. Just go scout out for the police. He tries texting Amy, but she is obviously under the watch of the heister people, so she ignores his text for now. Um, he is spotted by these bank robber heister people. Which, again, they all know parkour, so they chase them into, I guess it's like a skateboard shop. It looks like a van or a Zoomies or something. It's something, like, I think they sell jeans Yeah, is, like, the idea, too. Yeah, But there are, like, in this shop, there are mannequins that are just, like, hanging off the wall and silly. They're in, like, silly poses and stuff. And Paul's trying to look for a place to hide because he wants to get away from these people. So he climbs up to this, like, big air duct, rips off the like cover for it and like gets himself half in it before they show up so the scene is like kind of a situational comedy you see these two heisters looking around and there's all these like mannequins with jeans hanging off the wall and paul is like right there in the center of the scene but they don't notice him because he's not moving and because there's a bunch of legs in like pants hanging off yeah yeah like it looks like he's supposed to be part of this decoration but it's also very obvious because he is kevin james and thus he is much wider than most of the you know (laughs) pants for teens should have gone on the the plus size shop the men's also he's wearing like you know black dress pants instead of jeans also on top of that like he could have just pulled himself all the way up that would be a much better hiding spot then he'd just be hidden (laughs) so he's successfully evading them for the time being but of course since he is fat his stomach starts growling and he makes the comment i didn't have lunch and so the growling stomach gives his position away he scurries up into the duck and then one of the heisters like breaks off this like display thing that starts kind of stabbing the duck with this big metal rod i don't really know what's going on this is also what? just like the, this is also just like the diehard thing where he had blood yeah. trails oh, yeah. from his feet being cut just yeah saying. Yeah, and, like, this dude, like, breaks the top off of this, like, pole in there, and it's, like, a perfect point, like, really sharp, and it's, like, this would very much have killed Paul. Yes, (laughs) if he had stabbed Paul's big-ass stomach, he would have bled to death. There are quite a few moments in this film where I'm, like, 
well, that's too dangerous to be funny. <laughs> and that was, that was one of them. It was like legitimate danger to Paul Blart and not in a funny way, like in a, oh no, Kevin James. <laughs> Watch out, Kevin James. They're coming with the big pointy stick. So he's crawling through this duck. The guy's trying to stab it. Um, he eventually just knocks the whole duct down and it hits one of the heister people and knocks her out. The other heister guy, for whatever reason, runs the fuck away. Despite having this weapon... Despite having Paul Blart being falling out of a vent because he's very dazed after all this. I, I don't know. So Paul gets out of this vent, examines the coyote heister, uh, for whatever reason, finds this black light on her necklace and then like does the whole thing on the arm. Like, I don't know how you put two and two together, but figures out that these heisters have yeah. numbers on their arms. Like it. It's like one of those little, like, keychain lights that you have, yeah. except it was, like, just on a necklace around her neck. And, yeah, it was just, like, such a weird impulse to, like, look at that specifically and be like, oh, what's this? And see it's a flashlight and then be like, hmm, and point it directly at her. Like, it was weird. Yeah, it yeah. was a weird jump. But he takes a picture of the number on her arm and then stuffs her in a closet or something. Uh, he gets a call from the cops. The cops want to know what the people are doing, so he's going to go scout the bank. Uh Vec is getting Vec gets the notice from the other guy who ran back that Paul's doing shit in the mall. So Vec tells them to go lock down the mall. This is a thing that I had a really tough time with because they should have done this one in the beginning, but two, there's a montage of all these heisters going to individual doors, like the outside doors of this mall, and locking them with bike locks from the inside. But they're glass doors. And there are Shitloads of cops, and later we find out snipers like trained on the building. Well, speaking so of them, like this, the scene after this is when the SWAT team shows up. Yeah, uh, we get the uh, the commander of the SWAT team. I think they later say his name is Jimmy or something. Is a jerk, and he doesn't listen to the cop on the scene. He just kind of tells him to go fuck off. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a scene of Paul scouting the bank like an idiot. He's rolling around like he's a fucking golden eye double oh seven. Yeah, and again, it's like. It's one of those jokes where it's like he's rolling around, but he's not actually quite getting to cover, so he has to, like, scoot and stuff. But again, it's like, I don't know. A big thing for me with physical comedy is you can't look like you're acting with physical comedy. Physical comedy has to just work. Like, the actual mechanical parts of it. Like, I don't know. The kinetic action, if you will. The you actual have to be believable involved. within the scene. Like, there's, like, bring back Buster Keaton. Like, a fucking building will fall around him and he'll, like, do a double take and look back and forth like an idiot. But in the context of who he's playing, that makes sense. Kevin James yeah. knows, like, the character of Kevin James knows he is having a hard time doing these roles and shit. So it doesn't and work. Knows- he has like hyperglycemia or whatever and that it's not a good idea or hypoglycemia and it's not a good idea for him to be doing these things and also yeah no it like shows him like training and like taking this physical exam and stuff so like dude should know his limits and is riding on a segway all day yeah so yeah it just it doesn't work it's just it's weird and also he's like out in the middle of the mall in the open and it's clearly making him like slower and more yeah it's bad so uh, he stole some binoculars, I think, from the sharper image, and he's scouting on the bank that's down on the second floor, and he calls his boss and tells them, you know, what's going on and everything on the inside, and then proceeds to stay on the microphone while he spies Amy with these binoculars and kind of masturbates while on an open mic. It's stupid. For the record, does not actually masturbate. Again, then we would be very much into a weird... You know what would also be kick-ass if, like... 
they did a remake of Paul Blart, but it's like framed like perfect blue, where it's like a creepy <laughs> stalker story on the poor weave girl who's like starting to lose her edge a little bit because of all these horrible things happening. Like that would be so much better of a film than Paul Blart, because like it, he's just like yeah, he's looking at her and he's just like, oh pretty lady, wanna touch a booby? And then yeah, the officer's just like, you have your microphone on. He's like, oh. Roger hangs up and it just sucks. It's so bad. Again, like they want to make this a character that you like, I guess, and want to win, but I don't want him to win. So while the cop is talking to Paul on his phone, the SWAT commander guy comes over and is like, oh, that's Paul Blart. I know that guy. Give me the phone. We learned that the commander used to know Paul in high school and was a bully to him. The SWAT guy's like, listen, Paul, you're a dipshit. Get out of there. Paul is ignoring and says he wants to go into the bank to get more intel or something. Again, he rolls up to the bank like an idiot. The heisters spot him, so he runs for it. He calls his boss and tells his boss that it was Vec, the trainee that was actually the guy running the show. Paul is chased by these heisters into a tanning salon. They chase him into a vertical tanning booth. Do these even exist? I, yeah, yeah, the standing spray okay. booths. Yeah, you just yeah, you get you get down to your you know whatever's whatever level you're comfortable with, and yeah, they just kind of spray you down real quick. So he is getting a tan against his will uh, while the heister is and trying to get into. It's the like booth. all over his shirt and shit. Too, oh yeah, for the yeah. record, he's like wearing a white shirt, and now it's all orange and shit. Yeah, but uh, he breaks out of the stay tan booth and tackles the guy who was trying to get in, um, tackles him into a tanning bed. And then, like, knocks him out and wraps him up in there? Okay, and for the record, like, he doesn't slam it very hard, but the action is, like, a thing you'd find in a mafia film of, like, some dude putting a guy's head in a door and, like, a head in a car door and closing it repeatedly. Yeah, but he, like, slammed it, but, like, the tanning booth booth is, like, concave like that, so the guy was fine. I I don't know. Yeah, it it was dumb, and yeah, he like ties him up and ties him into the tanning bed while leaving it on. Mm-hmm. I guess, which cool again. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also notes that he sees the number on this guy's arm since he's in a tanning bed. I guess that's how black lights work, and gets the number, takes a cell phone picture of it as well. So he's going around the mall on a Segway. Why I don't know, but uh, one of the skateboard guys sees him and then starts shooting at him. And this I have to note is the second time where we see that these guys have guns and could have easily shot him. But also the second time Paul Blart is in actual definite mortal danger. <laughs> yeah. So the skateboard guy, despite having a gun and despite having just shot at Paul, decides not to use said gun, and they have like a joust off in the mall. Paul is on a Segway. The heister is on a skateboard. They are in a high-speed slap battle through the halls of this mall. It's relatively high-speed, I guess, compared to, like, walking. Being generous on the high part. It's actually just more of a speed chase. Paul (laughs) More more of a slow chase, honestly. It's a slow burn (laughs) chase scene. (laughs) Paul, despite being chased by a man with a gun, gets into an elevator with his Segway. The guy on glass the, elevator, glass, glass elevator. elevator. Want to highlight glass elevator the, that you can see in the clearly. Guy, Isn't that a metaphor for something? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> the guy on the skateboard ramps into the outside of the elevator, breaks through the window, and they start having a fight. The other guy parkours to the other side of the elevator, breaks in, and immediately falls out, presumably to his death, because we never see that man again. 
we somehow get Paul and the skateboard guy on the roof. I'm not clear how they got up there from the elevator on the inside of the mall. The, yeah, they just kind of are on there now. Yeah. But the guy on the skateboard tackles him and Paul drops his phone. The guy sees on his phone that he has text messages to Amy and somehow puts two and two together that Amy is the woman in the bank. So he threatens Paul's like, now that I know you have a friend on the inside, I'm going to go kill her. Ha ha ha. He grabs yeah, he's just like, he's like, yeah, we got a cute little redhead named Amy down there. And it's like, what did you like ask them for their names and like memorize? You're a very caring kidnapper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's like, okay, we're going to go kill her now. He gets on a skateboard and ramps off the roof, like to a different section of the roof that there's a gap between. I'm just getting into pain thinking about this scene. Paul <laughs> sees this gap, realizes that he cannot run and jump it. Instead, guts on a Segway for one of the worst stunts I've ever seen in a movie. He ramps his Segway over this mall gap, hits the other dude on the skateboard through one of those glass pavilion windows. Like think like in a mall, like they have the glass like arched top on like the third floor that's like down to the first floor. Doesn't someone fall through one of those in a Die Hard movie? Yeah, something like that. He tackles this guy with his Segway through that window, three stories up into the ball pit that we saw at the beginning of the movie. They must surely have died, but they did not. The guy kind of gets up, uh, the heister dude kind of gets up all slow, begrudgingly injured. Paul, like, Terminator rises out of the ball pit? This is actually kind of, like, It's almost again, a funny joke. Like, almo- the, the Almost is, would be funny. Like, yeah, it does, like, the Bella Lugosi, like, vampire just yeah, kind of going Yeah, it's horizontal from... and then goes to vertical with Paul on it. With, like, on his Segway in the ball pit. And, yeah, again, like, could be funny, but his expression is just all wrong for the joke. I don't know. It's just, he does it bad. Yeah. So he grabs the heister guy who is still somewhat dazed and headbutts him and then is in pain because of the headbutt. Again, like, this works for Jackie Chan, but not for Paul Blart. He, again, scans the dude's arm and takes a picture on his cell phone. Which, again, for the record, why? I think this was about where I realized it. I'm like, why would Paul want the credit card code? Because like, it had to make sense. He had to do this for something to make sense later in the movie. I, I know, but, like, even then, like, the, there's literally no motivation for the character oh, no, no. to I think learn that maybe about- he was trying to gather evidence for the police in the event that he took over them all and gave it- He literally knocked out the people with those written on their arms. so So here is perhaps the stupidest leap in logic his daughter gets into the mall remember the mall is surrounded by SWAT his daughter gets into the mall through an employee entrance using an employee badge for also don't forget that they had locked down the mall from the outside and there were fake flashbang bombs outside and it was these robbers who, like, clearly had an inside person, so they had cased the place and probably had blueprints and knew where every door was. And it was shown that the heisters were in the CCTV room. Yeah. Anyway, his daughter gets into the mall apparently with the intent of delivering him dinner. She yeah, gets- this is actually another thing that was set up before. There was another joke where... Paul Blart was sad and then his mom was like hey I'll make you some food so you feel better about it and he was like oh don't bother well if you do bother make it the sloppy joes and don't forget the sweet potato fries okay bye bye so it was uh his daughter was delivering sloppy joes yeah and aside sloppy joes not fresh no 
Why would also, you do that? Also, just stop eating Cheetos in general. general. I don't... Good, but yeah. Yeah, like, if you're going to go for a comfort food, I don't know, maybe, you know, do do yourself better than a sloppy Joe. <laughs> you deserve better. Get yourself a nice clean Joe. <laughs> How about that? Also known as a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> so, a clean Joe is just a cheeseburger <laughs> with too much ketchup. There, I said it. <laughs> so she gets picked up immediately by the heisters. Um, she doesn't have a cell phone, which they think is kind of weird, but she does have a mall security pass thing. Vec calls the SWAT team for whatever reason. I don't know where they're going with that. Paul tries to get into the card shop to get a card because apparently he remembers that it's Amy's birthday today and the best thing he could do in this situation with an active hostage is to get her a card. Uh, he tries to break down the door to the call shop, but like he does like a running shoulder check on it, but it just doesn't work and he falls down and is injured. Because he's small and fat and got hurt. <laughs> and yeah. welcome to the movie. Yeah. yeah. So we get a scene of Vec is pissed because the other heisters haven't shown up with his codes yet. Because I guess he was waiting on them to bring these magical invisible codes. So he's yelling at someone else. While he's yelling, Amy gets on her cell phone. Um, I guess to try to call someone. I don't even know who she was calling here. Also, it seems like these heist people should have communications, so I just really don't yeah, understand that's the another thing. Invisible... In the beginning of the movie, they right. all had, like, radios on, and then once they get into the mall, they all take them off. Yeah, and, it, like, it seems like that would be the ideal time for it is when, hey, everybody go get a code and then tell me and I'll do the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Vec is talking to SWAT. The SWAT team is about ready to break in. He's getting very flustered about Paul taking out all of his men like this. Amy talks with the daughter and they learn who each other are in the scene. And the daughter spills out the beans that Paul likes her a lot. We cut back to Paul acting injured about his shoulder, but really he has a very small cut. And then he pulls out like a Hello Kitty band-aid yeah. and applies that. And like, again, it's a goof of like, this is the second goof of this, by the way. We pass over the other one. The cell phone that Paul Blart got was... Again, the the dude's daughters, but it's got like you know like pink rhinestones yeah, and like shit like that on it. it. It's the second time where they've kind of been like, "Haha, he has something a bit effeminate on him." What a goof! What a guy! Like he likes cute things. <laughs> Sucks. And also, like, yeah, the whole thing is he has a tiny injury, but is acting like it's a big one. But it's like, yo, I just saw his motherfucker fall through a skylight <laughs> onto the ground, like. And I think you what they're really doing do with this a... scene is, like, the daughter calls him, and, like, they talk for a brief moment, and she gives him words of advice, like, I'm coming for you, I'm going to save you. And, like, I'm supposed to feel like this is the part of the movie where the hero is at the worst, you know, at his lows and is trying to muster the resolve to continue on. But, like, we have not seen Paul been hurt or had anyone near him hurt or been in any real danger at all. Like, he fell through a roof unscathed. He's had multiple guns shot at him at this point. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he gets the resolve from talking to his daughter. Um, he comes up with a plan, and there's a montage of him taking stuff from various stores in the mall. Like a fucking scuba tank. And also turning on a fog machine to max for the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, do you know of any malls that have full scuba tanks? Um, no, diving stores usually aren't in the mall. They're usually by the place where you dive. Yeah. 
I dive in the. I mean, I'm not a diver. You've, you've done diving, right? Yeah. Like you've, no, yeah, I'm just so saying, like, been... there was a scuba tank at, like, the sports authority. Yeah, no, that's weird. Like, if it was if it was maybe, like, a medical supply place and it was, like, an oxygen tank, like, That okay, would have worked way may- better, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, like, that would be at least, like, okay, sure. They did that in No Country for Old Men, and that movie's good. Right. <laughs> so, why not? So, after all this montage, Paul has a new uniform on, and uh, it's all black, so he looks all cool, like a real cop. Just like in the movie Spider-Man 3, when Venom <laughs> takes over and he walks down the street and is pointing at butts and being like, ooh, baby. Like, it's like that level of he's cool now. It's which is slow to say, motion walking towards the camera like a badass thing. <laughs> which is to say, he does not look like a badass at all. <laughs> so, Paul goes to the security room with the CCTV and everything and uses the PA system to taunt Vex saying, I'm coming for you and all that. But in the middle of this monologue, he falls over because of his hypoglycemia. And he realizes that he's going to pass out unless he has sugar. And the only sugar around him, since he changed his clothing and doesn't have the pixie sticks, is like a very nasty looking lollipop on the ground. Yeah, it's got like dirt and like, I don't know, So Kevin James makes faces at the lollipop as he eats it and gets right back up because that's how hypoglycemia works. And I think that was supposed to be funny. I think this part was supposed to be a joke. I thought they were working towards some sort of a character arc of redemption, but no. No. No, <laughs> no it's Would just... have been like, oh, I don't have hypoglycemia. I just get tired, but I'm not tired now. Hey, it's resolved. No, it didn't do that. And again, as someone who has eaten a lot of gross shit for his work, <laughs> um, I know what faces happen when you do things like, yeah, like a hot, like if you, for example, microwave a zero calorie energy drink with a bunch of cinnamon toast crunch in it and consume that mass. I know what face you make. I have made that face on camera. <laughs> And he's, he's not doing any of it. Like, he's just kind of like, ew, gross, and then grabs it and throws it in his mouth. It's like, no, like, there's, it, like, you can feel your stomach get fucked up when you actually do that shit. So, uh, he gets back on the PA system to continue his monologue. His daughter is very pumped despite being in an armed hostage situation. He walks back out into the mall, and there's a bunch of the heist people looking for him. They start chasing him. They really should have just shot him by now. Mm-hmm. The showdown's at the Rainforest Cafe, because why would it not be? I like your note here, which I'll read to the class. Um, showdown at Rainforest Cafe. I hate this movie, is what you have written down. Because so this the, moment... like, I remembered instantly where this was going when I remembered the showdown was at the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> he starts predatoring these dudes. Like he had the fog machine going. Like it's the rain. If you've been in a rainforest cafe, it's very rainforest themed. There's like fake foliage and shit. Yeah. It also smells like ass in every single rainforest cafe. But every single one of them smells bad. Yeah. Yeah. But like he starts <laughs> doing this predator shit where he'll like come out of the bushes and like silently take down a guy when you know a new, another guy's next to him. Like do, doing some Assassin's Creed shit. Yeah, like yeah. pulling someone into a bush and knocking them out instantly, which is really the confusing part to me. Is how does Paul Blart know how to knock someone out instantly? <laughs> One of the things he does do is he hits a, a horizontal scuba tank, like the regulator, the top part where you turn on and off the oxygen. He hits it with a hockey stick, which causes that part to break off and the scuba tank to fly sideways to hit a dude. 
Yeah, like he does a like a just cause thing where yeah he, he like did turns it into it. a little rocket. He yeah, did by the buy way, it if he did mall. that, that would just explode. He did buy it in a mall, so these are not going to be very yeah. well made. Well, but you, the pun he does. This is the Scooby Doo joke. By the way, yeah. he says like Scuba Dooby do this or something. Like it, it's really I think, awful. It, I think Adam Sandler is like you can't work this last Scooby Doo da into the movie because you know that's all Adam it, Sandler can say, and he's like I, I can. Was, yeah, it was like a scuba joke. It was like scuba dooby doo. Here comes a fucking tank. Enjoy. Like it sucks. The joke was so bad. I was mad. It was like ah, they try and do a people doing bad zingers after something joke like multiple times in this movie, and it's one of those things of even if you acknowledge that the thing you do sucks, it still sucks. Actually, <laughs> it turns out saying Haha, this is terrible, isn't it? Like it's still terrible. You're right. <laughs> Being a mall cop is a tankless job. And then he hits it, and then it goes off and hits them. Boom. Joke up. That would be so much better. <laughs> that would have been so much better. Anyway, so, next During scene. the course of this, he apparently starts the gas grills at the Rainforest Cafe and just leaves some torch or something there. And he just blows off a wall of the Rainforest Cafe. Like, the entire wall of the mall is blown up now. Yeah, like the SWAT dude is outside in the parking lot talking to the other security officer, and he's like, I know Paul Blart, and he's many things, but he's no badass. Because, like, apparently they're like, yo, he knocked out, like, three dudes. That guy, maybe he's actually kind of a badass. And as he's saying, he's no badass, there's, like, a huge explosion that takes out, yeah, no, literally, like, it would be probably, like, a good, I don't know, 10 by 20 chunk of wall. But this is the <laughs> like, thing on I the outside of the building. Yeah, this is the thing I don't get, though. Like, he had all these for lack of better words, Home Alone pranks going on to get these guys to knocked out in the Rainforest Cafe. Then he just commits mass arson. Like, I don't know and where murder. he was going with the bombing thing. Did it kill dudes? It didn't look like it killed any dudes in the movie. Well, I, I mean, think there was a dude in there because he looked at it because it was like a, he left like a heating coil undone next to the gas thing. And yeah, no, a dude walks up to it and he's like, oh shit. And then it blows up. Like, that's the whole thing. Well, I fucking- mean, if we're bringing up Home Alone, do remember that Colin McAllister set one of the sticky bandits' heads on fire. That's true. Just, also just, uh, electrocuted the shit out of him. Hit mm-hmm. him with a paint can that probably weighed like a good twenty the, pounds the at like forty miles an hour. Through the lens, yeah. through the lens of inside, it seems like that stuff was actually pretty horrifying. Yeah. So Vex sees all the sticky this shit bandit happens. or wet bandit. The first one, I can't remember. <laughs> I think the wet were, were they the sticky first bandits? One. They rebranded, didn't they? Like they were sticky. Are there any no, sticky I thought, bandits? I thought it was, the, was it the sticky in the first one? I forgot. Who's the Sticky Bandits? It's them. Is, okay, if, I looked if I remember up Sticky right, Bandits. If I remember and it, right, it gave me Wet Bandits. <laughs> I, I could have swore they called themselves the Sticky Bandits in the first one, and the next one they call themselves the Wet Bandits or something like that. Yeah, because they flood the houses. Do what? They flood the houses in the second one. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Okay, the Home Alone wiki just has the page <laughs> Wet Bandits. Are you sure you're exists. on the official Home Alone wiki? <laughs> I am on the homealone.wikia.com slash wiki slash wet underscore bandits. Because let me tell uh, you, there are a lot of illegitimate wikis. As, as, yeah, a, one like time, Alf wiki, as a one-time ed- editor of the ALF wiki, there are a lot of undesirable <laughs> ALF wikis. <laughs> between the Alf, yeah, between all the unofficial Alf wikis and the unofficial Rocket Power wikis, man, uh, life's tough. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so the only connection it has is just in the bottom in the trivia. 
They're like, Marv got the idea of the sticky bandits after stealing money from a Santa Claus with duct tape. Oh, yeah. It's like, but wait, so were they the sticky bandits in the second one? No, they're the wet bandits. Like, I distinctly remember them flooding people's houses, like all these rich mansions. They would all clog up the sink and then turn on the water. Yeah, in every house they hit, Marv leaves the water running. Yeah, so wait, were they the wet bandits or the sticky bandits? I think we need to clarify this tricky scenario here. They cannot be the wet and sticky bandits because that's fucking disgusting. I, I thought I they were the sticky bandits it. in one, and the next one, I could have swore there was something where Daniel Stern has it explained to him that no, we are now the other bandits. And I can't remember what the order was. Yeah, they rebranded. Well, it's either so, yeah. so that'd be wet because they're wet yeah. and sticky. That's the two forms of these boys. <laughs> uh, the moist bandits. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay, uh, back to the worst movie. Vecca goes to the hospital. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is now longer than the movie buckle in yes it is yeah yeah we did we still have like 20 (laughs) minutes left in this movie so vet goes back to the hostages he knows someone has been talking to paul because paul knows too much he makes him jump there but the jerk guy immediately caves and says that amy has her phone so he takes that phone paul is chased into a sports store by one of the last remaining hostage or heist guys the heist guy looks at some dumb robot he put there, like one of these cheap $20 Chinese craps that walk around and say things, and then he just gets Yeah, just kind of like wiggles back and forth, yeah. the real, yeah, the real But he walks ones, past yeah. the dummy containing the full hockey goalie outfit, which was in fact Paul Blart, and so he beats this dude to death with a hockey stick in slow motion. By the way, that scene Which was is very like some Hitman shit. For for what it's worth, that's some that's some Hitman shit. Like if you put on the Plague Doctor outfit and yeah. just sit there with a circumcision knife till they walk up, it was like that, <laughs> except... Not good. <laughs> Again. So, um, Vec calls Blart on Amy's cell phone. He uh, starts taunting Paul Blart like he's reading his dating profile. And it's through his dating profile he sees pictures of Blart with his daughter and realizes that the daughter is a hostage. Um... Vec now this is, is once wait- again just like Die Hard where you sit inside of John McClane's yeah. wife's office and notices the picture of the family and it goes hello Mrs. McClane yeah it's the same thing there you go uh, so Vec apparently leaves the hostages walks back into the mall and is waiting for Blart to show up I don't know how they communicated that there would be a showdown or something but he sees the hockey guy the guy in the hockey outfit on a Segway going towards him so Vec starts just shooting him it's obviously not Blart because it falls over uh, Vec is somehow surprised at this he runs back to the hostages Paul is trying to lift them up and out of the bank through the ceiling but like this is one of these drop ceilings and so <laughs> they all just fall down it was also a comedic <laughs> shot of Paul trying to lift up Leon who's like 300 pounds and it wasn't going to work yeah, and I mean, I get it. It was because, yeah, they were like, we can't lift up the fat guy, is the joke. But, like... They could have just ran out of the the bank. Yeah, there's only one dude left, and he's away. Like, you know he's away. That's the whole point of the plan. Why wouldn't you just walk away? <laughs> like, what are you worried about? Just leave. You did it. You won. But, nope. So, Vec has them red-handed. He has a gun. He should have just shot them. But he instead asked Paul for the codes. Yeah, he's like, you know, Paul's like, oh, you don't have their arm. That had the codes on him. And Paul's like, oh, well, I looked at the texts and it's pretty obvious that you're so fucking stupid. You put them all in this phone. So thanks for that, I guess. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Why and, does he need to put him inside the phone if he said earlier that he was very good at remembering numbers? Like the whole thing with him remembering know. the girl's fo- cell phone number. Which he did, by the way. Yeah. Like, that wasn't a goof. Like, he did remember it. <laughs> so, yeah. What? So, during this hostage, like, Vec is asking him for the phone that has the codes on it. Ve- Paul Bart's, well, not Paul Bart's phone, the daughter's phone or whatever. Get, he gets a call from that Indian boyfriend. And, like, there's a scene, like, an interlude scene of him saying, hey, listen, it's not a good time. Can I call you back later? Bye. That, why was that scene even in there? To remind you about that character uh, for the next scene that's coming up is what it is. I guarantee you. Was they were like, oh, no, the audience has forgotten about this, this weird test, Indian kid. The test audience sure. fell asleep during the movie. Hmm, I wonder why. God, I almost fucking did. <laughs> I was, like, watching it, you know... Really paying it, really paying attention. Just really watching the shit out of Paul Blart. So, Vec and Paul are monologuing. I don't even remember what they say. Paul agrees to give him the phone, so he tosses him the phone. While this happens, we get Chekhov's hot sauce coming out. I guess Paul remembered that he had hot sauce from Leon in the movie. And while oh, before this, was it before this that Vec was like taunting him for like fucking shit up? Or was that after? No, that, that was, was zero. During it? the yeah. monologue, it didn't matter. It was taunting. Him. Yeah, but basically, he just like pulls up seg- hot segway stunts mp4, and that's like again. There was just yeah, it was dumb. He's just like you're fat. You suck at everything. You always fuck it up. And he even says like it is impossible to underestimate you. But at the same time, this dumb motherfucker just took out like seven of your best people. <laughs> like, it's like I don't know. Maybe at this point, it is possible to underestimate him, and you've done it. A lot. <laughs> yeah, so as Paul throws him the phone, he busts out the hot sauce and then somehow squirts it from like 10 feet away directly in the Vex eyes. Which blinds him, but then Paul just stands there. Like, he stands there. Yeah, literally, no one does anything. He just waits for Vec to wipe his eyes off and recompose himself. And after Vec does that, Vec should have just shot him. Yeah. This movie is so fucking stupid. Vec earlier at some point, like, tried to pull a thing of, like, you know, because one dude was like, why don't we just shoot some of these hostages? And Vec's like, you do realize the hostages are the only reason the police are not inside of here right now. Yeah, but you don't need 12 of them. Also, there's already (laughs) been gunfire in the building multiple times, and they didn't rush in or act on that. So there could be gunfire again, and you just don't fucking tell them you killed a guy. (laughs) You just don't. You let that surprise be found later. (laughs) So Vec, with his gun, takes Amy and the daughter out of the bank and into a getaway van that they had hiding outside or something. Paul is like, oh, we got to go chase him. Then runs down the mall to the van that he slammed into the back of in the earlier in the movie, which I guess had the keys and gas in it. Uh, and steals that van and drives it through a window to get out of the mall. Outside of the mall in the parking lot, the SWAT guy kind of stops him. He fills the SWAT guy in on the situation. And instead of the SWAT guy getting back in his SWAT van with his SWAT team... SWAT guy then gets in Paul's van and they chase after Vec in this fucking Dodge minivan. Yeah, instead of the multiple police vehicles that are designed to be fast and good at stopping other there vehicles. There was also a sight gag during the scene in which Paul Bart could not figure out how to get the electronic locks on the van to open. This joke went on for about 30 seconds. 
Also the windows, yeah, like, it's just, like, he's pushing them, and the guy's like, no, that's the back window, no, that's the back window, no, that's also the back window, come on, no, front window, no, come on, like, and yeah, it just goes on way too long. <laughs> so, Paul and SWAT guy are in a van, they use SWAT guy's phone to call Paul's cell phone's girlfriend's boyfriend, the boyfriend, I'm just gonna call him the boyfriend, fuck it. I don't know how he remembered boyfriend's number, despite it was in the fact that it was in the other cell phone, which he did not memorize that number for. But they call the which boyfriend. Which I guess, I guess he just has memorized everything. Yeah, he sure. memorizes everything except the codes, which he needs to write down. He can yeah. only remember seven-digit strings. That's the thing. <laughs> boyfriend then tracks the cell phone of the girl, which Vec has. And they figure out he's going to an airfield, because why not? I just heard my note there. Fucking. They, <laughs> <laughs> how he knows this is a mystery, much like the mystery of how Kevin James gets work. I was very angry. Is your note. <laughs> they chase him. They drive the van after Vex van and they like catch up to him. They're on some road going towards the airfield. Paul is driving the van, but he swaps drivers with the SWAT guy so he can open the back van door and get ready to jump on Vex van. But when he Which does again, this, Vec just... Why? I don't know. When he does this, Vec just kind of accelerates a little bit. And Paul jumps down a ravine into a ditch. Again, he should be dead. But he gets up. He climbs the fence into the airport, which doesn't have barbed wire on it. Uh, we get a scene of Vec parking his van near this like private jet. He's about to get into the private jet for an off-camera. Paul runs and tackles him. Which means it's the last second, despite the fact that, like, starting up and taking off a jet, like, takes legit time, takes some plus time. The jet, yeah. Um, <laughs> during, like, this ensuing fight, we see that Vec, or not Vec, Paul has another tattoo on his back. This one is, like, a giant dragon. Or I think it was like, yeah, like a big, it was like a big phoenix. It looked like kind of like just like a shitty ho or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Which the daughter does her whole, I can't believe this fucking idiot. And he says, I don't drink. Yeah. Again, which like, I guess that, it was one of those things where I almost liked the joke the first time. Like that was, <laughs> I literally put in our, our notes here. It was like 3330 or whatever. Uh, the one joke I laughed at. And then they tried to do it again, but more so. And I regretted laughing at the first one. <laughs> <laughs> retroactively hate the joke because of this. I retroactively one. ruined the one thing that kind of made me go, <laughs> in the movie. So Vec and Paul are about to have uh, like a fist fight. But Paul's hypoglycemia kicks in and he kind of falls over. Um. Vec goes over to kind of taunt him, but then it's played as a fake. Paul gets up and, like, sweep kicks him and tackles him and then cuffs him because I guess he had handcuffs. Sure, yeah, that's, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? So, the triumphant music plays, haha, we captured Vec. SWAT guy eventually drives his van. I don't know how Paul got to the airport before SWAT guy in the van did, but SWAT guy comes up and congratulates him. Then points his gun at Paul because SWAT guy is, of course, in on the whole thing. <sighs> Which is why he was willing to get in the car and go alone. Yes. Yeah. And this is where the whole arm code bullshit kind of tries to make sense but doesn't. Paul tells the SWAT guy, listen, the reason you're doing the heist is not because you want money in the bank, but because all of the heister people were writing the codes down on their arms 
because they were trying to steal credit card information. I think Vex said that earlier. I have yeah. the cell phone with all the codes on it. You're going to need the cell phone or it doesn't work. And so he throws the cell phone on the ground thinking that he has outsmarted SWAT guy. However, SWAT guy then calls in on his radio to a different SWAT guy. And when they realize that the SWAT dudes have in the meantime busted into the mall and captured everyone. And so SWAT guy's like, I can just ask them. They have codes on their arms. It'd be easy to figure it out because I'm the SWAT guy. Which I don't think yeah, that's like, how... Yeah, I, like, I am... I am the boss. I can just do that. Like, I'm not... They don't know I'm crime yet, you idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, so only whole, you know I'm crime. The whole number code thing seems very hacky to push a situation that doesn't need to happen. I'm kind of with Giop, and I really... It seems more and more like, yeah, they were just like, what did Die Hard do? Do something <laughs> like that. But it's also like they didn't have an escape, because like in Die Hard, they had all these things, like they were going to hold... They were going to stage that shit on the roof with the choppers, you know, make it look like the hostages died, and they're going to get out under the, you know, the guise of confusion. And in this, it's like, I don't really know what their exit plan was. Get arrested and SWAT guide somehow get them out? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So SWAT so guys like, listen, you and your girlfriend slash daughter are the only uh, flaws in this plan, the only loose ends. So he was about to shoot Paul Blart, Mall Cop, but instead he had the gun shot out of his hand by Mall Cop Boss, who apparently came with Cop that was in the parking lot. And he, stole gun out uh, of cop's holster, by the way, which is supreme crime. <laughs> also, he did this and shot the gun out of the guy's hand and the guy did not hear any of the cars pull up or anything at yeah. that time. It's just like he magically appeared there with a gun. This is very deus ex machina. It's really bad. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like the final mm, 20, you know, 130 minutes just felt weird and rushed. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So the first cop arrests SWAT guy. Uh, daughter is happy and goes up to Paul and says, you did a great job rescuing me from this hostages. Hey, Amy's over there. She doesn't need a green card. Yeah. Those were the, the daughter. Other, that was a lie. I did not paraphrase that. That's what the daughter said. Yeah. She literally says, yeah, she's just like, well, dad, Amy doesn't need a green card. Like implying again that fuck illegal immigrants, <laughs> like, which like, I don't man, know going with that. Yeah, Kevin James, what is your deep? Like, are you okay, bud? Who wrote this? I don't know. So he walks over to Amy, uh, gives her the birthday card that he stole out of the shop in the mall. It has some awful line on it. And I noted here that Kevin James fulfills the Kevin James requirement of fat guy with hot girlfriend that is a contractual requirement of everything. She's not Hubert, though. Mm. She's no Hubert. That's (laughs) true. Also, for what it's worth. If we're, you know, we're a pretty serious discussion podcast, I think, you know, we really get down to the nitty gritty. We take it pretty seriously. And I think this, we should have the same respect here. Uh, Kevin James does not fuck Qbert in the movie Pixels. It is another character that fucks Qbert in the movie Pixels. And then has Qbert babies. Kevin James is the president. And yeah, sorry. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. We apologize to the film Pixels. I I just want folks to know that this is like... Him fucking Hubert is just something that's brought up as a joke. We realize it is not the canonical character or the canonical result, but still, it's just kind of, you know, a thing. No, it is cute. No, fuck that. Fuck that. I will not waffle on this shit. No, absolutely not. Here. Here it comes. Here's your boy Ty Tuesday on the film Pixels by Adam Sandler and the fact that someone fucks Hubert. So, like... 
part of the thing is when they do these little contests between the aliens, which are copying video games because that's what the invaders would be, blah, 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 or whatever. It's like the whole premise of the movie. So after Adam Sandler and his ragtag group of dipshits win the first challenge, they're like, okay, we'll give you a prize. Here's a trophy. And they send down a little Qbert. This Qbert, by the way, acts as if it has the intelligence of, you know, maybe like a three or a four year old child, including at one point where it gets a little scared and just pees itself and is like, oh, Qbert. Uh, and so then <laughs> Never do towards that the end of it. <laughs> What? Never do that again. <laughs> oh, Gilbert! <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Then, at the end of the movie, like, everyone got with their lady. You know, Adam Sandler got the guy, which... Man, Adam Sandler should not have... Oh, man, I hate that. Because that movie, early on, Adam Sandler says something to the lady character he is supposed to end up with later in the film, where he's just like... Oh, looks like they got slut-seeking missiles. Like, says really shitty garbage wow. to her. That's neither here nor there. Slut-seeking missiles being a direct quote, by the way. I've seen that movie four times. Uh, Are you okay? <laughs> like, the, do you need uh, help? Yeah, Bye. you know, uh, I took a weird career path. So, <laughs> uh, so at the end, though, like, everyone's with their girl, except the one, like, super nerdy guy who was obsessed with this one girl on the side of an arcade cabinet because he's a nerd, get it? And then he's all sad. He's like, oh, I don't care, my girl. And then Qbert, who has been acting like a three- or four-year-old child that peed themselves and was like, oh, Qbert, like, through multiple parts of this film, now turns into a sexy lady. And the guy's just like, I have no further thoughts about this. Time to bone down. <laughs> like, just immediately is like, well, guess I'm going to fuck Qbert. <laughs> and then the ending scene of the movie, like the post credit stinger shit, is... They cut to a cradle, and it's filled with tiny cuberts, which has so many implications. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this podcast. No, we still got some more <laughs> shit. There's shit left no, there. No, nope, that's pretty much all that happens, Kuba. <laughs> that's the end of the movie. Listen, we came fucking almost two hours of this shit. We're finishing it. I'm looking at the notes. There's not, there's not anything <laughs> useful here. The movie ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so... Uh, yeah, so Kevin James fulfills the requirement of having uh, you know, hot, girl, hot girlfriend. girlfriend. Cop comes yeah, up yeah, and yeah. says that if he ever wants to be a trooper, Paul can join the force. But Paul decides- Which is, of course, Paul's like dream yeah. up to this point, having attempted this thing eight times and then doing it, yeah. which means any normal human that was that character, their response would, it, would have been, yes, immediately, yes, please, yes, yes. please, but absolutely, Paul, that is all of I have dreamed does of for Because years. he wants a sequel. And so he can't have a Paul Cop, Paul Cop, Ball Blart sequel. If, <laughs> yeah, Mall Fart, Ball Plop too. Yeah, if he's a state <laughs> don't trooper, wanna, don't want to miss that, Jim. Paul Blart State Trooper doesn't have the ring to it. Paul Blart Mall Plot too. <laughs> oh. But ima- okay, but imagine if it was like Paul Blart, uh, you know, officer, Paul Blart detective, Paul Blart attorney general. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like let's let's go wild with it. Why stop at Mall Cop? Like. I guess the joke at first is that he's a mall cop, but, you know, live a little, Kevin James. You know, shoot for the stars. <laughs> you can be whatever you want. You're an acting man. That's part of the joy. It's, it's like the it's like we lost the Ernest movies. Ernest goes to so-and-so. Ernest does yada yada. What if it was just Paul Blart? Paul Blart goes to jail. <laughs> Paul Blart goes oh, to jail. Paul, Paul Blart, Blart leads Christmas. <laughs> wow. So... <laughs> The movie Ernest ends. saves the 9-11. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Paul Blart first responder. Okay, I'm done. No, I'm stopping. Paul Blart's in the Transamerica. <laughs> God. I'm sure that Kevin James and, uh, and Adam Sandler would give that movie the respect it deserves. <laughs> Those are the credits roll, but there's credit shit in the credits. They get married in a mall on segways. Amy and Paul Blart. This is in the credits. It's like, God, the, they really just kind of wrapped up that Amy thing all at once, right? They were like, well, you saved her. Guess you're married now. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck. They were dancing on segways. Like, the credits are rolling. They have, like, the little picture in picture on the left or whatever of this shit. It felt kind of like they had filmed this earlier and then forgot about it and put it in the credits. I didn't know it was a credit sequence. I closed the movie immediately. <laughs> there, in fact, was a credit sequence, G. Oh, I am totally blind here. Wow. <laughs> there was more content. Yeah, you'll have to go rewatch it once we get the directors. Oh, boy. Paul Bard, bigger, longer, uncut. Here it comes. <laughs> I don't know if I can wait that long for Paul Blart deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, and also one of the things that's shown in the uh, credit sequence is that the uh, boyfriend gets with that daughter. Like, they throw, you know, the bouquet is thrown by the bride behind her, and she catches it and, like, looks at the boyfriend. Which, I don't want, like, the... Apparently, whoever made this film thought I wanted that character to succeed. The character who had a creepo shrine was, like, creeping on feet and then, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I fucking track her. Like, is that cool? Like, I don't want that guy to succeed. I want that guy to maybe, like, move on and seek therapy or something. You know, like, do, you know, do something else because that's not good. (laughs) It's not good. Yeah, that's the movie. Uh, I'm glad we talked about it for an hour or a half hour longer than the movie is. <laughs> we could have just so, watched the movie instead. Well, I think we add a lot of insight. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of what we bring to the table. You know, who else would have thought about time time blart uh, cop Mall. chronology? <laughs> Mall. <sighs> well, any any closing statements? <laughs> I mean, there's the second one. Oops, I forgot to hit record. Oh my god, I would fucking bash your skull in. I would... Actually, You would no longer be going to MAGFest is what would be happening there. This is important information here. I looked up Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 on Rotten Tomatoes. The second Uh fucking uh, review by Jesse Hansberg of the AV Club says, quote... Maybe Paul Blart isn't spoofing John McClane after all. Maybe these movies aren't actually too stupid to realize what they're intimidating. So oh, wow. that leads me to believe that, one, GUP, you are absolutely right. Ooh, and two, yeah! Paul Blart Mall Cop nice. 2 is just Die Hard 2, which is an Ooh. inferior product of the original that tries to recreate it. Hmm. So, oh my god. When does, that- when does Paul Blart with a Vengeance come out? God, I explicitly <laughs> thought to myself and like probably told someone on Twitter when they were like, when are you doing Paul Blart Cop 2? It's like, never. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm like, like morbidly curious about this. Morbidly curious? Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to know what that looks like. <laughs> Does it take place around or on Black Friday? I don't know, but this review says, unless you've been mixing your medications, your resistance to Mr. Mark's charm <laughs> should hold for at least the rest of your life. <laughs> Well, um, I guess my closing statement on this is 
I think between the two things we watch, Legend of the Galactic Heroes and Paul Blart Mall Cop, I think I like Legend of the Galactic Heroes a little bit more. Well, it's a hot uh, take, but I, I think I have to agree with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul Blart, uh, there's almost no political intrigue, for example. <laughs> that was a pretty big letdown. Um, no space battles uh, either. Yeah, no space battles. space battles. Uh the music was good. The music was good. They had some they had some classics in there. They had some classic rock tracks. Yeah, it but it's pretty good. Legend of Galactic Heroes also had like Beethoven and Brahms. Oh no, I'm not <laughs> I'm just saying if, if there is one if there is one thing that Paul Blart can almost hold a candle to Legend of the Galactic Heroes, it's the OST. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, like, I think Paul Blart Mall Cop might have the boys are back in town. I, I, I don't, you know, it should have. I gotta say, this movie wouldn't have happened if Siegfried was still alive. <laughs> Here, guys, oh shit! I never said. Just wait, wait, wait! All over. Wait, I never said this yet. Hold up, hold up, everyone, breathe in. Shen Mall Cop. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We're done. Uh, thank you for listening to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. It's been a hoot. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Husky Fattenborough. <laughs> no. All right. We're done. We're done. I'm leaving this call. Good night. Space anime. Space <laughs> anime.